all guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watch a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling. And you and you you may think that 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 means that I uh I my destiny is 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 lesser is is not fulfilled the way the way it could be but i have to say doom, doom, i'm pretty happy with the role that i've chosen <laughs> i'm sorry i'm still not over that yeah so we are back in lucha underground season two. Oh my god coming off of having curtis on the podcast for the first time to discuss yes. the season two premiere of lucha underground and booyaka booyaka daddy ray is finally here yeah I mean, oh I hail usually, i usually i usually try to do the non-match related segments at last in these in these uh recaps but i mean yeah ray mysterio is now in lucha underground oh boy oh man. he is going to be training el dragon azteca jr to yes. take up the mantle after his father dot was murdered dun, dun. and from what i gather uh he's probably going to be hanging out with puma too if the whole um uh puma actually knows about the prophecy too thing has anything says anything about what's going on don't know how the fuck that's related by any means still i don't know where the fuck puma falls into this whole like gang war thing but i guess is, he's gonna get involved is, too are the el dragon aztecas were they part of the jaguar tribe have we considered I, that that like <laughs> in the lore of lucha underground the jaguar tribe were like the ancient knowers of prophet prophetic knowledge maybe and because like we, we i mean we determined that the moth tribe was the rich tribe so this is true are the jaguars the prophet the prophets yeah, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, you see depict, you see like fictionalized, mysticalized depictions of ancient civilizations, and they they are all so meticulous about their their the, the attributes of their of their tribes, their families, their groups, etc. Really fitting with a theme based on what they've you know called on to represent uh their tribe mm -hmm. what they what they have chosen as a mascot i am very much here for a version of like mystical history where ancient civilizations just fucking threw darts at a board to see what their theme was and it had absolutely fuck all to do with their mascots absolutely like just just let him like you know just just make it whatever like it doesn't yes. have to be and also the jaguars apparently looked at pumas and dragons and were like eh close enough and we're like, yeah, they, they were, they were actually a really progressive tribe. They, they were, they, they were, they were all here for animal tribe inclusivity. <laughs> the other Aztec tribes looked at the Jaguar tribe and said, this is the future liberals want. <laughs> <laughs> Jaguars and Pumas and dragons living together. Mass hysteria. All right. So yeah, so Ray is here, and El Dragon Azteca Junior will be here soon. Yes, the the, the the little the little the little baby dragon, uh, mm -hmm. with with daddy issues. Anyway, yeah. So this so 
what else has happened in episode one uh, was King Cuerno is Phoenix tried to cash in his gift to the gods championship. Yeah. And Katrina, who runs the temple now, was like, no, I think you're going to defend this first. And Phoenix was like, okay, but then he lost to King Quinn. That's still such insane booking. Like, they gave Phoenix this amazing fucking story about rising from the ashes from Muerto, Mil Muerte's fucking murking him. Uh, he won the gift of the gods, and then he just got dropped by Cuerno before he could he, he could even get to Mill. What is that booking? It's definitely not over. We're gonna, we, we, this is a honest, I'll go ahead and say, is it like for the first third of this season, this is a big plot thread of this Cuerno Phoenix Mill stuff. Phoenix chasing Mill, good. Mm -hmm. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the menage a trois of brutality are back in the temple now. And uh, they they wanted their trios titles back now that Ivalice's leg is no longer broken. And Katrina was also like, I think instead what you want to do is <laughs> fight yourselves for a shot at Mil Muertes's title one-on-one. Katrina's actually really passive-aggressive about that sort of thing. She's like sending emails with smiley faces of like, mm-hmm. uh, hey, uh, alternate pitch for you. How about you, you all just fight each other and then the winner gets a shot at, at mill smiley face smiley face smiley face mm-hmm. uh so they had their match Evelise won and yes, she she put up a hell of a fight against mill yes. even even though uh the disciples of death kidnapped her friends <laughs> holy shit yeah no the disciples of death were like hey you can't interfere in this match only we can interfere in matches yeah yeah only we're allowed to interfere yes uh but Mill defeated Ivalice, but then after the match, uh, Pentagon and uh, Puma came down to protect uh, Ivalice from a beatdown of the Disciple, from, the, from uh, Mill and the Disciples. And in the process, Penta broke Mill's arm. Mill's arm. So now Mill Muertes has this sick-ass skull throne made of the yeah. skulls of actual dead people and he's just got to sit up there in a cast i know dude this season is off to such a fucking crackhead start the the champion is mil muertes katrina has taken over the temple dario's fucked off to just another temple uh the champion evil scary zombie monster man mil muertes casually got his arm broken by a dude who was also a bit of a monster heel, but certainly not a Mil Muertes level. Uh, fucking uh, vampiros on antipsychotics. It's yeah. It's so let's, go, let's go ahead and round out episode one here. Of like, um, you know, we 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 ended the first season with a vampiro as the dark master, and we cut to yeah. then the start of season two, him in a psych ward. I still uh, want to know what he got from point A to point B. I would them. also love to know. But he lies his way through his exit interview so he can leave. And he is allegedly on antipsychotics. But let's yes, be honest, he, I don't he, he, I don't really believe he's taken those. He's he's on he's at the dumbest psych ward imaginable where they don't medicate him until after he leaves and they give him the easiest, like easiest to bullshit exit interview. 
I have ever seen. They were just like, do you feel violent anymore? And he just goes, and he's no. like, and they're like, all oh. right, well, they're like, okay, okay well, good, you know? close enough. Take these. We're not going to monitor you at all. Just have fun out there, kiddo. Don't right. hurt yourself. Hey, this this is you know this is look this is the state of of the of med of medical uh, aid in America. Yes, uh, you I know, he, know Vampiro definitely doesn't get good <laughs> benefits working at the temple, and this <laughs> is the best he can afford on his insurance. Yeah, is this is like this the fucking version of a psych ward. Yeah, I I want to know. I, I'm interested to find out um, if Vampiro is actually on the medications and that's why and that's why we're getting a whole new side of of his weirdness uh if he's off the medications and he's acting weird in a different way in order to um in order to like make people think he's on antipsychotics like him just like even more shamelessly flirting with matt striker um i'm here for vampiro trying to like not i don't want to take antipsychotics but he has to like Try to pretend he's on antipsychotics yes. and what he thinks I that would for mean. Because it's the funniest and also least problematic. Um and and also I I also could see a version of this where like they're they're not gonna actually have any kind of review like Vamp just is taking his antipsychotics, but also Ian Hodgkinson, the performer, is not thinking about the fact that his behavior would be affected on antipsychotics, and this is just him like exploring a new flavor of weird again as a performer just because he can i can also see that being an explanation we will find out um i hope it's option two i can also very much see it being option three of just he he's just trying out new character beats he's just trying to and also and also his character is on antipsychotics and those two facts are not remotely connected they're not even they're not even connected they're just they're not even the same ballparks um but he is a little he is very defensive about like talking about pentagon and his connection to pentagon junior yes. he's like stop I wonder, asking i wonder me. i wonder too if we're going to get more backstory on why he's in the psych ward or if it's just going to be like yeah, he was in a psych ward, and we're just here to watch his inevitable redescent back into madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, uh, then in the episode two, uh, Johnny Mundo defeated Killshot in a match. You know, and after the match, mm-hmm. he caught his shot with Mill, and Cage was like, "Hold on there, Buckaroo! Uh, you scoreboard. I you have never even beaten me, so get the fuck back in line." Yes, everyone wants a shot at Mill, especially now that his arm is broken. And mm-hmm. uh and Cage is is very uh is very indignant with Johnny for cutting. Yep. Uh then we 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 got a video and then a debut of PJ Black, the Darewolf, the who then not, lost not to the Willie Mack. Not the not not the direwolf, not the werewolf. The he's, not a, he's not a wolf, but a dire. Not, he is not a daredevil. Darewolf. Yes, works on three levels. Yep, he is a daredevil wolf. Uh, he beat up the roving pack of luchador NPCs that just exist in this universe and always desire to street fight. And always have their masks on, even under motorcycle helmets, which is yep. a totally normal thing that people do. He beat him up in a motel parking lot 
and then he did totally and then he normal, did lose normal, to, normal show. Yeah, and then he did lose to Willie Mack. But we will be seeing yeah. more of PJ Black this season. <laughs> I I wonder if he if his skills will go above being able to beat up random street NPCs. We'll find out. Speaking of beating up random street NPCs, we get the day the vignette for Cobra Moon. Thunder Rosa. I mean Cobra Moon. We're gonna get tonight. We will get the debut of the very green Cobra Moon. Yes. Uh it'll be interesting to see to remind myself what she used to wrestle like. As as I said last week, yeah, um, Austin I like, warned me a couple times about how much he does not like Cobra Moon slash Linda Rosa and her Lucha Underground days. So I'm interested to see how it all stacks. I up. mean, like I said last week, like like Cobra Moon turned me off to seeing watching Thunder Rosa until she popped up on AEW because I was like, yes. oh, that's Cobra Moon. Mm. Ew. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, she's good now. She is. She is very yeah. good. Uh, and then in the main event of episode two, we got Prince Puma and Pentagon Jr. Could they coexist? Clearly not in the locker room, but no. they coexisted long enough to beat the Disciples of Death, which I'll be honest, I forgot which mask was which. We had a whole big uh, thing about it last time. Oh, shit. Um, I, El Sinestro de la Muerte is purple. I think. Okay. Barrio Mario Negro, Negro is gold. Is gold. He's gold. And silver is Trace. Until we hear Trace. something differently, we're going to assume that's the case. I think that's correct. I there it might be that Barrio Negro is silver and Trace is gold, but I also could be getting that wrong. Could be. We'll but find I mean, out. Yep. All right. And then, as we already talked about it up top, Rey Mysterio is now here at the temple. Oh, yes, yes. You, you mentioned Dario fucking off to another temple. Well, that's yeah. an interesting way to phrase it. As we get we get a, a, a series of vignettes with these random dudes who have only vaguely heard about Lucha Underground trying to yeah. find their way to the temple. And instead... Uh, Black Lotus leads them to Dario, who locks them in a in a uh, room uh, with uh, with uh, Matanza, who Matanza. murders them all. Yes, it's it's so funny because like it looked for a hot second at the end of last season, slash at the very beginning of this season, that like Dario kind of became the comparative face. Like all of a sudden, I found myself like rooting for him to not get like too fucked over, uh, and he certainly uh he certainly feels like a much more preferable boss to very mean very evil Mil Muertes and Katrina uh but also casual reminder that he gets a he gets a real kick out of feeding people to his HP Lovecraftian brother yep uh so tonight we'll be watching two episodes season 3 the hunt this episode three, excuse me, the hunt is on, and oh. episode four, Saro Miedo. Oh, oh my! Uh, the, clearly referencing the two two very obvious luchadors. There, um, the the hunt obviously referring to 
uh, uh, Masquerita Sagrada and uh, Sarah Miedo very, very clearly referring to Aerostar. Let's go. Yep. Let's go, baby. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, in, I mean, in space, no one can hear you be afraid. Exactly. That's how the saying goes. Thank you. Yep. Uh, so here I'll read the Wikipedia episode descriptor for episode three. Oh. Um, Katrina enlists King Cuerno to help her destroy Phoenix. Oh. Co- uh, Cobra yes. Moon in her debut faces off against Bengala. Oh. Uh, Jack Evans versus Drago. Just that's all it says. Just that. I mean that that'll be a banger. I know that's one going to be a banger. I hope mm-hmm. I hope Drago brings out the nunchucks. Yes, my favorite karate performing dragon. Yep. That we've talked about. That's how he survived when all the other dragons failed. Absolutely. He, That's he, important he, learned, he learned he learned how to transmogrify into a human and also learned nunchucks. That yeah, and learned also, karate. No, no, no other karate, just nunchucks. Yeah. He learned nunchucks and how to transmogrify into a human. That how is how he survived. Life as a dragon in the modern world. Chapter one, nunchucks. <laughs> Yeah, if you would like to watch along with us, I mean, you could. I mean, it's on Amazon. You yes. know, you can buy the seasons on Amazon Prime. It's, you could. it's easy peasy. Or yar me mateys. Yes, you, it, you can yar all you want if yo yo ho ho in it is indeed, an option. Indeed. indeed, the old the old internet archiverino. Now we're not we're not uh, encouraging. That anyone do this? We're this just time. simply saying this time we're not we're encouraging it. Saying as a fact that is a thing you can do. Do with mm-hmm. that what you will. Yep. Uh, but then we now we'll be back in the back half to discuss uh, Lucha Underground season two episodes three and four. Hell yeah, brother! And we are back. We have finished Lucha Underground Season 2, Episodes 3 and 4. The Hunt is on and Cerro Miedo. The best show, the best show, the best show uh, yeah. we watch in this podcast, as always. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like my takeaway from these two episodes is that, like, more than any other time we have ever been in Lucha Underground, this was the most weird lore episode yep. we've ever oh, had yeah. on this show oh yeah <laughs> I, they really just threw so much shit at the beginning of season two i made a note or like i i kind of made uh, several notes that all just kind of rolled into the fact that like season two clearly is about to become like the robert rodriguez diet rodriguez of all of it like we're we're going full ham full ridiculous over complex bullshit full weird like tiny budget special practical effects like the whole enchilada it feels like something has absolutely shifted in this show in terms of their general overarching priorities narratively speaking because we are gone our our day season one is 95 percent a normal wrestling show yeah. with supernatural bullshit taken more seriously but like, also i like all of this was a lot of this was so like obviously not all of it but like 
so much of it was so like um explicitly set up for in season one that i have to imagine this was the plan all along they they had to like let the normies think they're going to be watching a normal if a, a normal little bit more show. interesting yeah. if a little bit more you know creatively shot wrestling show uh, yeah. and then there's season two you're like here is all this lore shit and they're like well you, we gotta rule into the fans. it now yeah you're 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 in too deep which oh we'll get there mm-hmm uh oh but we're gonna still go in order so yes. we will yeah. not do talk about any but oh my god anyway so we start episode three straight from the match this time no no yeah match video Man, what you pointed out last time about their they're not being a musical artist of the week it really stuck out to me here like we're just starting with some like generic non-diegetic edgy electric guitar riffs because hater of fun katrina can't let like live music play in her super evil super dark temple okay dude mm -hmm. lame ass mother yeah the only thing i noted from their opening from striker and vampiro's opening spiel here i was like was when striker said prince puma isn't the only cat in the lucha jungle it's like thanks man what who wait who the fuck else is he referring? oh bengala um, he's talking about bengala uh i i did notice i did uh see vamp started off this episode going this is not a test which oh oh vamp every day i have to listen to your commentary is in fact the test it's a little but bit of a test for us here yeah me mentally you know uh but yes don't change the channel it is indeed lucha underground uh vamp Vampiro also says, Matt, I'm out of my mind tonight. Uh, Vamp continues to be extremely bad at pretending to be on Matt. <laughs> yep. Uh, but we just open up with our first match of the evening. Bengala versus Cobra Moon. Snake Lady. I wrote, this is some animal face-off shit now that I yeah, think about well, it. I also noticed that Cobra Moon wears ostrich feathers, which like... You know, honestly, that makes about just as much sense as anything anything else around here. Like, you know, Pumas and the Jaguar tribe, you know. Uh, God, it is, it is like, immediately, this gimmick is so fucking weird to see, knowing that Thunder Rosa is under this mask. Because it's so good. She's literally just doing the I'm a slithery snake. No, I... Like, this match is better than I remember her being, but I also yeah. can see immediately like, oh, yeah, you know what? Yeah. We're doing a gimmick here, and it's kind of weird. It's it's a little weird. She's got to flick out the tongue a bunch. Like, she's performing air cunnilingus. Like, it's, it's a she whole... She does, like, little uh, wah, 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 wahs. Yeah. Yeah, she's got to, like, oh, she's, like slithering seductively around the yeah, mat. Yeah, oh, she's gonna she's gonna lean in hard to the slithering seductress angle of this character. Oh, I bet. Oh, it's just so weird because this is not the Thunder Rosa that I know. No, and it's we're a long not. ways away from from uh from Jacksonville, Florida, ladies and yeah. gents. Uh yeah, uh to your point, yeah, she's kind of green. Her suit her her snake green and not just the suit matches. yeah currently match definitely matches where she's at currently as a wrestler at this point in time bengala's clearly working slower than he, he is like he bengala has to slow down for yeah Cobra like Moon. she's not 
bad. There's clearly talent there, but like she's not. She's also not like great. No. Um. And 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 fucking Striker tries to call her the epitome of the evolution of Lucha Libre, which literally how she is doing the most basic ass Lucha Libre shit I've seen. I mean, this could still technically be true because evolution is not a singular straight and linear line. It is, in fact, a branching path of of um, of uh, branches that really yeah, that's the best. What whatever she uh, what branch is she on? The, the one where you incorporate She's on the snake branch. Uh, yeah, a lot of aesthetic tongue flicking as a technique. As snake ba- as snake based lucha libre, this is the pinnacle. This is this <laughs> at is this the, moment I, in time. Despair, I have never seen uh I have never seen such snake like lucha libre before, or any snake like lucha libre. Anyway, yeah, okay. So I mean, she did some some cool shit. Like when Bengala yeah. was on the outside, she did a head a diving head scissors over the top rope. I was like, that's pretty cool. Uh Bengala, though, he he had my spot of the match where he did flying headbutts. I've never seen anyone do that. Yeah, that was pretty sick. Like, he, it, like instead of, like, a, as a running strike, he just whams his headbutt, head he, in there. Yeah, it, it's like, not, it, it's, 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 it's not, it's not a spear, but it's, it's definitely got that kind of, like, momentum to it. It was cool to see uh, Bengala, despite being slightly, slightly hamstrung by i guess known sandbagger cobra moon uh she's not known sandbagger yet (laughs) yeah well you know um he he still manages to get some cool spots in yeah uh there was a moment where bengala was trying to get cobra moon in a suplex and she wrapped her legs around him to stop which is a normal which is a normal counter for a suplex but I really was. I've actually never seen that really before. I don't. I have it. Okay. It's it's like maybe they're not as explicitly about like that's what they're doing, but like that's the idea. K. That's the kayfabe idea when they stop a suplex like that. Is that you like you're wrapping your legs to like plant to the ground? And I was honestly shocked that Striker and Vampiro did not make the snake connection to her doing that because that was my first thought. Is like look at her like a snake. And yeah, they didn't, they didn't that's even clearly go for what it. she's going for. Yeah, and Bengala, uh, supposed veteran of the industry, sees this. He's like, "What? Whoa, okay." So the finish of the match is Cobra get Cobra Moon gets in the Snake Sleeper, which is a Dragon Sleeper. Uh, the uh, basically, basically, it is like basically you're like putting someone's head under your armpit. Is more is the best way I can describe. Yeah, you, you, drag, yeah, you, you, you gotta stank, you gotta stank them out, you know. Yeah, but you're like, sque- Bengala... you're like squeezing their head and neck under your arm, and Man. Bengala gets up like he's gonna break out of the hole and he's reaching for the ropes, and then he falls back down, and she locks it in fully, and he taps out. Well, okay, I did take note of the fact that him tapping out is him, like, lightly clawing in her arm. He does claw in her arm! Because he's, he's a tiger. He's a tiger. Uh, okay, okay, dude. Whatever. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, the, was, it was fine. It was fine. Um, it was a goofy. Cobra Moon is here. She will be here. She will have snake friends eventually. But right yes. now. Where the fuck is my Luchasaurus? That's it's why gonna it's going to be a while. No, he's a late addition to the show. 
no. it's gonna be a while before we get the that's luchasaurus unfortunate. that's unfortunate uh, uh okay we After cut to match, Katrina's yeah. office, and fucking, we just see the shot of Katrina, who senses somebody's presence, and is basically like, mm, my pussy is dripping. Which should have been a good hint for its its Phoenix, and yes. yeah, Phoenix clearly, is not here for the flirting. Katrina clearly needs to talk, have like, PR clearly needs to have a, a serious convo with her about PR? Like, sexual harassment and, and power dynamics. Because she's already You think Lucha Underground has says. HR? <coughs> PR? Yeah, uh, yeah, no, HR. Fuck, I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah, think, HR. You think they got HR at the temple? Well, you know, ghost HR. I don't know. Someone's got to step in. Because every, because like, Katrina looks like she's just trying to bonk all of her employees she constantly. Is, Katrina is absolutely trying to see how many, how many wrestlers she can have, uh, um, uh, sexual tension with, yeah, <laughs> and everyone's like, charge. I'm uncomfy, bad touch, please stop this, please. Like, I don't but think yeah. there's any wrestler she's interacted with backstage that didn't feel like she like wanted to fuck them. <laughs> oh, without a doubt, every single like <laughs> the, the the sexual tension between her and Evilise is off the fucking charts. Let me. Oh, tell you. it is very much so. Oh my uh, but God. back to Phoenix, her yes. actual ex-boyfriend here. Yes. Um, he's like, I want Cuerno. I want Cuerno. I want to fight him. I want my belt back. And she's and she goes, Are you sure? Because you're th- even a thousand lives runs out eventually. Which how many lives is he at right now? Actually, what's his count? How do, how do you keep track? Like, does he have a diary? <laughs> does he keep track of how many times he's died? Does he remember every single time he's died? Is, does he just that good at keeping a mental count? If you're going to fucking lore dump at a show, at least answer the important logistical questions. Like, Jesus Christ. Again, forever love that, that like, Phoenix, how much Phoenix is supposed to be a literal Phoenix is kind of always it's a little bit in so flux. God but damn Katrina it. always plays it literally. She leans in. I I want to believe that actually, no, he's not remotely a Phoenix. And, she and every just time thinks, she, she, you know, just, this is a, this she, is, she, she you know, when, 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 when all you, when all you have is a hammer a situation yeah. where like she has no ability to conceive that any of these <laughs> people are just normal people. And so he, he's like, he's like, you know, I'm actually not. Shh, 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 shut up, my pet. Go, please, please come fuck me again. No, but you really need to. Shh, 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 shh. Yeah, so it's, it's got to be something like that, right? No. So yeah, so he's like, I want Querno, and she's like, Yeah, okay, fine, fine, good luck. And but he good, swears good to destroy Querno, Mill, and Katrina before his lives run out. Yeah, and then. A Space millennia ago, Space backstory. Go. Okay. Which, wait, Aerostar is over a thousand years old. Hold the no, fuck up. I mean, from a certain point of view, I suppose that could be true. Because, well, as we're about to get to here, because, okay, so first we see this little girl in like tribal gear, making yeah. a symbol next to a campfire, presumably to like I don't know, summon Aerostar or something. Because know. then a male adult chieftain is like the seven tribes are at war and many lives have been lost, but we must be united in order to stop what is coming. And he summons the gods in the form of a man 
Aerostar, who is not in, he doesn't, he still dressed like normal Aerostar, yeah, which is like vaguely, costume. which for people who don't know, it looks vaguely like someone did Luchador Iron Man. Yeah, and, pretty much. And he is apparently doing this in the mid, what would that, what would a thousand years ago be? The mid 11th century. He yeah. is dressed like this. Um, and then yeah, so the hasn't changed his clothes in a whole ass millennium. Well, again, we're about to get to that. Is is that the chieftain is like, I have seen the prophecy, and the prophecy states the gods will not return for a thousand years. So Aristar is like, so I must go to them. And so he rockets off into the fucking future. He is oh, a is time that what traveler. That was? Yeah, he has a time tra he time oh. traveled a thousand years to the future. I just thought he was a spaceman with space shorts. Well, he is both space. He he is space and time. He time traveled a thousand years to the Jesus future. Right. And then this little and then the little girl voice pops back up and she's like, he is going back to try to unite the tribes, but I don't think it's possible. <laughs> I yeah, she's like, she's like, have fun on your suicide mission, dipshit. <laughs> so yeah we now get that the ancient aztec tribes must be united to stop <laughs> the end of the world and aerostar is a time traveler from the 11th century here to ensure that the tribes can be united once more in yeah the eternal day. fucking mid carter aerostar is like apparently now the man whom will save all of time that's a thing. He better get some main event spots, bucko. Um, also, I fucking love the goofy-ass VFX implying that Aerostar is blasting off. Like, we get this kind of, like, zoom in that's all like, oh. And, and then they shoot like, some sprinklers at the fire, the campfire. Yeah, well, there's some sparklers, yeah. They, they like, they, they don't even emanate. So, so, like, he gathers power at his, like, fucking Iron Man arc reactor core. And then we zoom into him looking up. And then a shot away from him, we see a bunch of just, like, sparkler sparks uh, popping off toward the campfire with no actual Aerostar in sight. God, I love Robert Rodriguez joints, this dude. Is phenomenal. This oh, is my good. God. This is incredible. And, I... and we're just getting started tonight. Man, if, 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 if some goofy-ass, like, cgi doesn't show up at some point in the show i will be mildly disappointed i need all of the rob rod like um i need i need all of the rob rod trademarks to show up here to make it feel you know like a real proper thing dear god oh my god okay, okay yeah so, so we time traveler aerostar do we you and we cut straight from that to cuerno furiously doing bicep curls in the locker yeah. room yeah we're, we're really a fan of the like workout room shots this season already it seems <clears throat> yeah and who, so, should, who and should poof in but katrina she is here she's like you didn't destroy the man you took the belt he's like bitch i did what you told man. me to i followed the letter of the letter of the contract exactly yep he did follow the letter not the spirit that's on her isn't it yeah no she needs to be more specific again you're you are now a small business owner katrina fucking act like it mm -hmm. god so cuerno is like 
I did what you told me to do. I protected your wounded little Mil Muertes. And she's she's like, no, hold on. I want you oh, to make sure Lord. that you know that even injured, Mil Muertes could kick your ass. Want to make sure that's clear. She, she's dick riding. And the worst thing that you can do is dick riding without a license. <laughs> so Katrina, to stop Cuerno from potentially trying to target Mill because, oops, you gave the big game hunter the belt that lets him challenge for the title whenever he wants. And just kind of like honor systemed him. Yeah. On like, hey, you're not going to like use this, right? No, nah, no, nah, don't worry about it. Like, I also want to know what her long-term plan for this belt is. Like, does she think he will just keep it forever? Does she think that she can manufacture it over to one of, to mill himself or one of the disciples? What See, is she, as I how understood she think it, that's going to stop it? As I understood it, like he would cash in and lay down for her, and then the 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 coin hunt would start anew, or lay yeah okay. lay down for for Mill. That that's how I assumed it would go, um, based on their conversation in episode one or whatever. But that, I mean, I don't know, that's that's, me. that's probably what she's supposed to be. But then that does also make this a little confusing. Like, why is she concerned about him hunting Mill now if he's just gonna lay down? Why does because, she know? Why doesn't she trust Cuerno because anymore? Because she's a fucking paranoid ass ghost lady who's got evil machinations. I feel like a bit of paranoia, like I, I feel like a bit of mistrust is like comes to the territory with the, you know, with that, you know. That's fair, but she yeah. decides to tempt Cuerno with a better hunt. Yeah, she's where... like, she's like, uh, she's like, I have a better hunt for you. You're going to fucking murderize Phoenix, which kind of re read to me as like. All right, enough fighting Phoenix. Instead, go fight Phoenix. Right, but she did put him in a last luchador standing match this time. Yes. And she's like, you don't even have to put your title on the line. Just fucking kill him. Yep. He's so desperate to fight you. He'll take whatever. Um, and, then, and, she's, the and, then he goes, and then he goes, the hunt is on. Okay, okay. Well, he goes, the hunt, and then like, fucking sniffs katrina as if picking up phoenix's scent off of her as if he knows they had like raucous sex backstage um and then he's like the hunt is on god this dialogue dude it's so fucking corny and on the nose how do these people make it work so well oh my god i love it uh so we get and katrina obviously pops away as yeah, she, she does poops. she and then we get yeah. to the second match of the show jack evans versus drago yes the the evy evy uh boy who claims to have invented luchador or Lucha oh, and don't worry tonight he's got a new nick moniker to also bring up oh yeah no i, I have a note about that don't you worry yeah, um i as... i honestly didn't have a ton of notes for this match it was because it's, no. it's because the story is the after the match not the match I was kind of yeah. like, all right, this is fine. This is a fine uh, match. I just, I mostly, I just, <laughs> I just have commentary quotes for this one. Proceed. Um, okay, so early on in the match, I think Vampiro says of says of Jack Evans, he's a human video game. It just stops there. Not he's a human video game character. He's a human video game. He uh -huh. can you can you play him in the machine that is Cage? Cage, you drop a coin into into the cage machine and you can mm -hmm. play jack evans the video game yeah yep um uh 
I think Stryker says something about um, both guys had great years in Lucha Underground last year, as if Evans did not show up with like <clears throat> 10 episodes left, but you know, go off. But I mean, he did win in one of the medallions. So, you know, he you, did you could argue he had a good year. He had a good year, but it was like a, a quarter of a year. He was 10 weeks in. The, the, that was, like he showed up super fucking late, but you know, sure. I I guess. Uh, okay, this one I need you to help me with a little bit. Oh, um, that's not a good sign. So I the I I can't remember. I think it was uh, Striker and Vamp were comparing were comparing how Jack Evans moves to break dancing, and Striker says. It looks like Grandmaster Flash of the Furious Five got Marley Marled, which I don't even know if I'm saying that last part right. I don't know what the fuck. Oh my god. Okay, you were. You were because Marley Marlowe is a DJ from the Uh, 80s. So that's correct. Okay. Okay. Uh... (laughs) Um, and after like a five second pause, Vampira just goes, I know you had to study to get that one. I I have to study to understand what the fuck he's saying. So yeah, I bet he goddamn did. Yeah, all right. I, I, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, I did kind of know who that is. They're also okay. a hip hop group from the 80s. Sure. Uh, the the 80s hip hop references are are what Matt Stryker decided to go with here. Stryker be like, how do you do, fellow kids? I don't know the understand. I don't know what it means that they got Marley Marled. I make or or whatever he said. I don't know yeah. what that means. I just know those are two people from the 80s in the hip hop scene. Sure. Either way, it was an insane line to listen to, and I was like, what the fuck was ju- what what tongues did matt striker just speak to me mm. over over the commentary booth okay. uh, oh <laughs> I, I i will say as okay I, this was something i took a note of because classic jack evans shit here is when he's got drago in the corner and he does a back handspring into an eye gouge <laughs> yeah that sounds about right i i didn't i didn't catch that part but that that is that is the kind of bastard man move that jack evans mm. would happily engage in um also um there's this part where it's basically like strikers like uh, jack evans gets drago down like a submission hold looking thing and strikers basically like looks like he's going for a submission hold and he's biting drago's thumb oh yeah he bite when jack evans bites his hand drago's hand to make him let go and the huge boobs when he oh it was wait was was it drago getting evans into a yeah. Submission. Evans, oh, bought, okay. Evans bit okay. Drago in the hand. I I got you now. Um, but yeah, uh, eventually Evans gets the pin on Drago. Drago gets his foot on the rope. Yeah. Okay. This was actually cool. This was actually a cool spot. It. Uh, oh, was it? I thought so. Is Drago go- goes for like his arm bar thing? Jack rolls up Drago, and then they're near the ropes. And so what Jack Evans does is he flips himself over um, Drago for additional leverage. So, like, his back is pushing down on Drago's legs in a roll-up pin. But Jack Evans also got his feet on the ropes. 
for leverage. So, okay, uh, this is I, I got that mixed up too. I thought that was Drago's feet on the ropes. Okay, no, it's Jack. All right. Okay, he, Jack did a little little underhanded yeah, so, so maneuver Jack's to win. A little win. bit of cheaty cheating, and the ref doesn't see it. So Jack Evans gets the pin, and and everyone's booing. Nah, and Jack yeah. dashes out of ring, grabs a microphone, stands up on the commentary desk, and is like, "Hey, get the fuck out of my way, you jabronis!" Up, uh, and he basically, uh, as I wrote, uh, Evans gets up to cut a douchey promo because that's that's pretty much what it I was. Mean, yeah, he he says he is not just the winner of the match, but he is also. The Dragon Slayer. Yes, uh, he calls himself the Dragon Slayer. Brian Danielson would like to know your location. Um, mm-hmm. And then I had a great, I had a thought of a great fucking match, a tag match, Drago and Danielson versus Evans and, and Daniel Garcia. That would be the sick. The Dragon versus, the Dragon and the Dragon Slayer, can they coexist? Well, it's, no, it's two, dra- it's it's two, the two dragons, Danielson and Drago, the two dragons versus oh, the two I, Dragon Slayers, Evans and okay. Daniel Garcia. I, I made yeah. that up and yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah. So Jack and Jack Evans also like says something in Spanish about like I'm better than all of you or whatever. Um. Big so, boots. You know, yeah. Fuck he's, out. He, he knows then, how to get that. And oh, now God, we get to a vignette out on the ranch because it is a Tejano video. I, uh, I honestly, fun. this video felt like an attempt to like reset his whole character. Like, Did it? Yes, I this felt like the baby face turn video because the it opens he was with him kind of a baby face. It at was, the but you had run. but it, you had that undercurrent of like I hate all of you, but I love Mexico. We that we talked about. It was a weird transition okay, yeah. to be the baby face in that like pride of mexico feud uh and then they replay the part where he's like i am proud to be mexican and they cut out all the parts where he sounds like a jack they cut out out the part where he's like and fuck all of you morons yeah so don't don't it doesn't exist don't think about it and i i made a made a funny note he's like i've been given nothing in life despite yeah, being in a yeah. lucha family he does acknowledge that his dad was a luchador a successful luchador but he's like i have been given nothing in life i have yeah, earned everything like, i am not hold a myself baby. up by i am not a nepo baby i i i did i i i'm not a nepo baby stop stop saying i am no very he breaks about it. apart a wood a thing of wood with his bare hands and then it gets crazier because he starts transitioning talking about how chavo is a piece of shit fair yes uh but it cuts to now him being in a bar and guess who would show up the roving the npc luchadors they show up at the bar just to start a bar fight <laughs> and okay i couldn't help but notice the fact that like the woman t- bartending uh has a temple shirt um so is this a bar run by like the temple no she's just a is mark it by, is she just is, is she a plant is she a mark uh and, no it's well, she's, i'll tell you she's definitely a mark because she because in the middle of the bar fight she pulls out tahano's fucking bull rope yeah, and she just has hands a it to him bull whip waiting behind the bar for him just in case i guess that's why i think she's a fucking mark and so, and I, then my next note after that is despite beating up three people at the bar and breaking glasses, because after the fight, he's like, yeah, give me another. 
she gives him a drink he drinks it and then smashes the glass against the bar and he's like despite all of that shit he's not kicked out so clearly she's a fucking mark you know what that's no that's that is fair that is fair so the smarkiest of smarks runs this bar that he's a regular of it's a whole thing um god damn it tahano's back okay yeah, let's Tahano see is back he, we are, we are kind of here to like may he is now a baby face and i think he stays that for quite some time okay uh, well let's see if i give more of a shit about him this time the the, the the only part i really enjoyed was the fact that the mpc luchadors are back yeah. once again yeah you gotta that that's just gonna, i feel like that's gonna be a decent amount of promos this time it's just the roving band of npc it is, it is it is season one only really had like cage when he showed up in the in the in the uh in the trailer park and beat the fuck no, out i love this dudes. development i would but pay such good now money. they're like every Whoa. single character vignette has to involve you fighting npc luchadors dude give me an open world lucha underground game where i can just go around beating up random ass mass luchadors on the street using that would have been so sick that would be so fucking sick yeah um all right another another promo time this Prince time it, Puma it, is staring in the bathroom mirror sadly yeah. He's like, he fumbles with his rosary, which is important for how Katrina starts this conversation, which don't worry. I wrote full word for word because I thought it was insane. It it very much was. She's like, who do you pray to? God? I feel like I I feel like Ghost HR also needs to have a convo with her about religious sensitivity in the workplace. Well, okay. You want to talk about sensitivity? What comes after she says that is I heard Conan praying while the life drained from him in that casket. Yeah, okay. You know what his last words were? Okay, I'll I will finish it. I'll come back to that, but you were saying uh I guess the caskets that you get dumped into are are vampire. They're vampire caskets. If his life is just you, just suffocate in the vamp. You suffocate to death in the caskets. Oh, oh, oh shit! I forgot suffocation's a thing. That would also make sense. Yeah. Also, somehow Katrina knows Conan's last words, despite the fact that he was locked inside of a casket. How? I don't know ghosty powers that's sexy ghost sure. powers that's how she knows um yeah. so she goes i i you do you, do you know what his last words were forgive me and <laughs> and i wonder was he asking god for forgiveness for the wicked life he led or for failing you so miserably oh my god she's just stirring shit she is stirring shit she is uncomfortably touching puma all over his upper body yeah, absolutely and katrina says she can't wait to see what puma does next week with pentagon jr and she's like who knows maybe you'll make a sacrifice to your master and puma yeah, angrily like, like walks out of the bathroom and like, she, like obviously puma is the man from whom mill won the belt but this has not a this is nothing to do with mill why the fuck is she here to just comment on his match with penta i mean puma and puma did stop stop mill from continuing to beat up ivalice so there I, is I, there is yes. pen, punishment must be met out uh but as sure. as puma walks off we get a zoom in on katrina and she goes and she like smirks and is like god rest his soul sure 
She is really leaning in. This is the first on-screen yeah. confirmation we have that Conan is dead. Uh, I yeah. obviously talked about it because I already have future knowledge for how this shit works. But like, this is the on-screen confirmation that he died. He yeah. was done. He died when they the threw stakes, him in the casket. The stakes do be raisin this time around. That like mm -hmm. explicitly confirmed. Like if you didn't read the fucking comic books or whatever that told you how big Rick got marked. Yeah, if you if you couldn't get the obvious if you if you hadn't been watching all season and thus couldn't put together the symbolism of getting put in the casket, like mm -hmm. when Mil Muertes lost the casket match. Well, okay, now we gotta make sure you understand that like Conan I died. appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's uh keep people informed. So yeah, when we get um, to our main event of episode three, Phoenix and King Cuerno. Yes. Um Stryker says of Phoenix that Phoenix is the first guy to show any modicum of vulnerability to Mil Muertes, uh, which um, sounds like Stryker is out here uh, just admitting that Mill spent the first half of season one basically being a jobber uh, until he, like, got revived and murderized Phoenix. Yeah, this is, they're absolutely kind of, like, quietly retconning. <laughs> how the first half of the season went for Mil Muertes. They're absolutely trying to play it off as like, no one can stop this guy or even come close except for Phoenix. Okay. Like for he re somehow that so poorly. He did. He, he did. That... The way you phrase it makes it sound like Phoenix showed vulnerability to Mil Muertes. Yeah. Because then he, he goes made like. Mil Muertes see, show vulnerability. Because that, that's what I thought he meant at first. And I'm like, oh, wow, they're just leaning in. Well, no, no, I thought he meant, like, the Mill spent the first half of season one jobbing to everyone. Um, no. But, no, fucking, uh, yeah. They're, they're playing he goes on to like say, like, this is why num Katrina. Number. Yeah, this is why Katrina wants to keep him at bay. And I'm like, oh, Stryker's not using his words too good again. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my note for here is. And yeah, in, in the most fun instance of the commentary doesn't see backstage at all, uh, they see that this is Mil Phoenix versus King Cuerno, and Stryker is indignant that this is a non-title match. He doesn't understand yeah. why. And Vampiro tries to be like, well, it's, Lu it's last Luchador standing, as if those are mutually exclusive. Yes. Well, okay, Vamp's going to say dumb shit. I feel like I feel like Stryker, even if he can't see backstage, should just realize at this point who his new boss is and that her entire philosophy seems to be no fuck you. And I don't know why he would be at all surprised by this particular turn of events. Um but but yeah, so um also before the match starts, we get a little like flash for merch, and man, now I want a Lucha Underground snapback. That shit looks snazzy. Yeah. Um, uh, so we we start the match proper. Um, <laughs> Please tell me you're about to say the commentary note that yep. I also have. Yep. Striker no asks. <laughs> Striker goes, "Hey, Vamp, have you been in a lot of Last Luchador standing matches?" And Vampiro goes, oh, when I was just married and I didn't do too good, but never in the ring. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> See, at first that read to me like as an I hate my wife joke. But then I thought about it a little more and I'm like, wait, did Vamp just admit to being domestically abused? As no, I, I mean, no, right I, no, I took that to mean like, 
standard like a fight, like an argument with the wife. Argue his last luchador standing <laughs> matches were arguments with the wife, and you always lose the arguments with the woman. You know that bo- more boomer postery than what you think. Oh my god! Thinking. When I was yeah, when I was just married. Only when I was married, I wasn't good at. I it. didn't do good. I didn't do too good, brother. No. Uh, I literally I like, yelled. Oh my I God. startled my fellow supervisor at work today because I watched that and I literally yelled, "What?" <laughs> Thank you, Vampiro. Was, You've done it again. Thank you, Vampiro. Um, All right. Uh, uh, my first note for this match was fucking ass, last man standing pacing. I hate it. Oh I, my God. I have almost this certainly minute. bitched about last man standing matches before on this podcast. Haven't I? I mean, I do it all the time in real life. Pretty much every time a last man standing match happens. So maybe (laughs) that's my confusion. But here's the thing about last man standing matches and why I hate them is, is they, the match by design is hit a move, stand there and let the ref count to see if the guy stays down, hit a move. Wait until yeah. the ref, stand there and wait. And for the pacing of last man standing matches suck. To be and... fair, I don't think it was like that egregious. I don't think it's as egregious as you're making it out to sound here. But I, I mean, did I think take... in, I think in this one, I think Cuerno does a good job of playing off the, 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 yes. the downtime. But this happened. But I hate this is a recurring issue in last man standing matches that I complain about all the time. I think I think it did contribute to my overall feeling about this match was which is that it was kind of underwhelming overall like I hear last man standing and I'm like oh bloody affair we're gonna fucking fight until one of us just goddamn die but it, it was feels like uh, it, it should was, because it was, but then it was just kind of like a standard match but then like yeah the ref would just sometimes count to see how long it yeah okay I guess I out. haven't explained what the rules are <laughs> Uh, but in a last man standing match or last luchador standing match is you can't win. The only way to win the match is to incapacitate your opponent to such a point where they cannot answer a 10 count of the referee. It's Mm. it's kind of boxing rules. Like the non KO wins in boxing is knock them down for 10 seconds. And it is, the, it, I've already complained, but like the pace, it's a pacing issue of like you are encouraged, and thus all ma- LMS matches are structured such that it's like hit a move or a couple of moves, and then you just kind of stand there and see if the ref counts it to 10. And they, of course, don't because it's, it's, it's we're not you just gonna... did some regular ass moves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the thing is like, this really tested my kind of headcanon that I have for like in kayfabe logic because like I I think about like because yeah Phoenix and Cuerno seem to be going down for like near 10 count near falls weirdly easily I I, th- um, I think I think that what you're supposed to take from that is kind of like because they know that it's a 10 second thing yes then they are not going to treat it with the same level of urgency yeah that, like, that's kind of my like when you're years. getting when like when you're getting pinned and they are on top of you and you know if you do not kick out in the next three seconds you'll lose it's like okay bam gotta go meanwhile when it's if you when it's 10 seconds you know you have time to like not get up immediately 
Yeah, no, well, that that is kind of my headcanon is like it's it's a strategy in wrestling that um, that like psychologically you you stay down for as long as you can before mm-hmm. getting counted out in order to maximize rest between spots. Yeah. So like I but also like even with that in mind, this still kind of makes especially like it still kind of makes it especially egregious when like they go down for long times for moves that they shouldn't. And then they still lie there while their opponent is clearly like setting up for something that they, if they weren't like super knocked out, they should just, you know, try to move out of the way. I feel like the, I feel like the really egregious element is like the person standing there and like thinking like, this is going to be it. Like, why do you believe that? Like just keep fucking attacking. Like why? I understand that like attacking like if you attack them in the middle of the count, that resets the count. But like, oh, it does. You can't, oh, well. Yes, that's, yeah, that's the like, idea. But if it, they're but down, like, then just keep. The, even if it resets the count, just ensure they're going to stay down. It's going to save you like, time. The yeah, long like run. why hit like one punch and be like, well, that's it. This match is literally the like epitome of not following work smarter, not harder. Oh yeah. God. So, um, Striker says something about. Uh, the adrenaline that gets you pumping or that gets pumping through you during uh, during matches like these. And as soon as you said adrenaline, I I hate I hate I adrenaline hate that, that in my mind. Soul. Yeah, my mind There's immediately started. Cody Rhodes. I immediately started singing Kingdom to myself. God fucking damn it! Adrenaline. Yeah. Fucking hell. I'm yeah, so, so broken by wrestling, dude. Now, Cuerno does try to start to do non moves to fe- regular moves to Phoenix, yeah, in that he throws him to the outside. Obviously, these matches are no DQ, uh, so he throws him into the ring post, he like throws him into the fan chairs, the wooden mm-hmm. chairs that the fans sit in, and it did. Yeah. There was a cool visual of of Phoenix crumpled in the chairs and Cuerno stood atop the chairs watching him get counted out. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like super notice it, but like there were some cool, like little moments cinematography wise in the map mm-hmm. that, that broadly I was like, Oh, Hey, okay. And then it adds to the gravitas, but like, God damn. Yeah. So then he throw Cuerno whips Phoenix into the guardrail wet wall to, yeah. Uh, throwing him all over the ring. Uh, Cuerno, Phoenix does, Cuerno gets Phoenix back in the ring and they, they like, and Phoenix starts hitting all his big moves. Like what Phoenix, uh, the closest thing we get close to the count, we get the whole match is Phoenix has Cuerno on the outside and he does his diving corkscrew and Cuerno. Yeah. Oh, that, nine that, 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 that was sick. I love the diving corkscrew. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Uh, made a note of Matt Stryker with Valentine's Day coming up. There's no love lost between these luchadors. I did, I did notice that. Matt, which also was blatantly ADR'd because that corresponds to when this episode aired, not when it was taped. It was oh taped my in November. God. Oh no, the illusion. The illusion is broken. No. All right. Yes. Uh, cool move is Phoenix is on the top rope. Uh, Cuerno pushes him off and then Cuerno goes for the arrow from the depths of hell around the ring post. Yes. I think it was around this point that Vampiro goes, Hawkeye's got nothing on King Cuerno. Yeah, they did say that because it's the arrow. Thank you. 
So the match quickly gets to its conclusion here as yeah. Cuerno grabs a ladder and he lean and he first he hits Phoenix with it. And then he leans the ladder up against the Katrina's office mm-hmm. and he starts climbing, but then he starts to get down and he asks the referee to stop counting. Yes. And then Cuerno gets a under the ring and grabs the table. Uh, I, I make a note. Want to point out that Cuerno would have a hundred percent won the match by now if he hadn't stopped the referee. Seriously, uh, I don't. Uh, oh god. Well, okay, I get, stupid. I get in this yes. very specific instance why he did that because she because Katrina was like, I want you to kill him, so he's setting yeah. up a spot where he's gonna absolutely annihilate. He's like, yeah, but he's also but, an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, Phoenix staggers up and Cuerno like tries to German suplex him through the table. Would have been crazy. But Phoenix fights out of it. Phoenix gets up. Start, he, Phoenix starts climbing the ladder and gets all the way up to the roof, office roof. Cuerno yeah. starts to follow after him. Phoenix kicks Cuerno away. And yeah. the ladder falls and Cuerno is sandwiched through the table and the ladder that was actually a really sick spot i don't i've never seen a spot like that yeah. before that was that was actually sick as fuck that was like uh, okay we actually ended the match on a pretty cool note yeah like force cuerno is gonna be dead after yep, that and Fe- that does put cuerno down and phoenix wins and celebrates on katrina's roof it is it is a match that is designed to be spot 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 and yeah they had one big spot and they did hit it and it was really cool, but everything else. That's about it. Yeah. Nope. Else Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. So after the match, Phoenix is just up on the roof and Mil Muertes stands from his throne and stares down Phoenix as we cut to the, as credits roll, but then we get the post credit scene and holy oh shit. God. Oh David, my God. I'm, I, I am so excited to finally talk about this. So we get, we watch a woman put in her key card and down this like secretive hallway. We are in a police station and Captain Vasquez is in her, this woman is Captain Vasquez and she's talking to Cortez Castro who has been an undercover cop the entire time. Oh, oh, oh. Cast- Cortez Castro is a fake name for an undercover cop. Retcon, 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 retcon. This is, I don't think it's a retcon. I, mean, I guess it's a ret. Hmm. Is it a retcon if, if it, if it doesn't preview, if it doesn't clash with any previously established information about Cortez I, Castro? I see it for, well, the previous established information is that, He's just an, an evil street fighter bastard. Yeah, but that being uh, a fake persona to get him into the temple yes. is not... But it's more like, was this always the plan? Yeah, so I guess he's a fucking cop, like, police informant. Yeah, he, okay. he is... He is... Dete- he, is uh, he goes... He uses his real name here because he gets... It, because um, it, he's... They say Reyes is his real name, which is his IRL real name as well. Oh. Uh, so Cortez gives her the deets about Katrina and he's like, yeah, I'm tight with the crew. We got an open invitation to the temple. And even uh, we, we were even kind of tight with blue demon junior, even though he kind of retired to Miami. 
So there's yeah. the canonical explanation for where Blue Demon goes for the rest of the show. Is he oh, just he's retired? Not he's just retired. Yeah. And Vasquez like, I don't give a shit about yeah. the crew. Stop Vasquez telling me about like, the fucking crew. Vasquez, much like my girlfriend, thinks wrestling is fucking stupid. She's like, just she just wants to know where Dario Cueto is. And Cortez yeah. is like, I don't know, man. It's been six months. Nobody's seen him. I wanted to bring him in when he murdered Bale, but yeah. you didn't let you me do like, that. Yeah. Oh. And Vasquez is like, this is a lot bigger than some street thug getting killed. Um, yeah. But she's like, frankly, like, you're useless, but also you're in too deep. So you're I can't... in too deep. So I can't just pull you off of this case. That would be suspicious. I'm bringing in a new guy. And who walks in but Joey fucking Ryan? Yes. Okay. So, okay. So let's let's pause our second. To be had. So Joey Ryan, I will get more into the gimmick of Joey Ryan because he has also has a match in episode four. So yes. I will save that element of it for then. Uh-huh. But Joey Ryan is a was a longtime wrestler on the Southern California indie scene. So of yes. course he shows up in Lucha Underground. That is, it was a as SoCal a, indie as an undercover cop. So Joey Ryan. Uh, here, let me, I'm just going to read this off to you. Um, you know, is I've had to sit on this for a couple of years. I know it's coming. This is great. So during the speaking out movement of June, of June, 2020, basically, uh, that was, if you don't know, that was me too, but wrestling specific. Yes. Let's just go ahead and read the Wikipedia article about it. I think Uh that's the, I think that is the, uh, best way to just cover the information we need here Mm -hmm. uh in june 2020 at least 17 women accused joey ryan of sexual assault and harassment after initial accusations surfaced joey ryan posted a lengthy message on his twitter account apologizing for invading people's personal space after that message was posted a number of women posted on twitter allegations of misconduct Wrestlers Joey Janela and Ryan Nemeth, who was a former roommate of Joey Ryan, who previously worked for Joey Ryan at Bar Wrestling, have spoken against him. Bar Wrestling's venue, Bar Wrestling's venue, Bootleg Theater, ended their relationship with the company due to the allegations. Oh, Bar Wrestling is Joey Ryan's personal, like he owned and operated Bar Wrestling. as a SoCal indie, uh, several people told the SoCal the SoCal uncensored website the promotion has ceased operations. On June twenty third, twenty twenty, Impact Wrestling announced they canceled his contract as a result of the allegations. The irony of that, by the way, is that in Impact Wrestling he was running a gimmick where he was like spoofing cancel culture. I believe they even called themselves cancel culture. Oh my God! Impact. As a stable. Yeah, Impact. Sucked. Anyway, he was also edited out of every episode of Being the Elite in which he appeared because he was tight friends with the Elite. He, in fact, had a the the first big feud. If you want to call All In the first store show of M, of AEW, it's not quite accurate, but you know it's the precursor. Yeah. He had an entire feud with Hangman Adam Page over literal dick, uh, you know, dick size comparisons. Um, what the fuck? Like they literally argued over who had a bigger cock. 
Like that was the entire basis of the storyline. Hangman, no. He ain't called the hung man for nothing. Oh uh, my God, no. Anyway, Joey Ryan addressed the allegations in an hour-long video posted on July 18, 2020. He has denied nearly every accusation against him, showing messages between himself and the women he would show, which he says shows evidence to dispute the claims made. On September 24th, Joey Ryan filed a multi-million dollar lawsuit against three of his accusers for defamation, in which he has stated he has lost upwards of $20,000 a month. The lawsuit included loss of followers on social media, loss of revenue from various projects, merchandise, wrestling, and various other revenue streams, and a multi-million dollar monetary relief. The lawsuit also states that Joey Ryan wants defamatory statements retracted and or deleted. He filed another lawsuit in October suing Impact Wrestling for $10 million for allegedly breaching his contract for firing him after the allegations were made against him. Joey Ryan won a default judgment against one of his accusers on January 20th, 2021, but a judge dismissed the lawsuit again involving all three accusers without prejudice in February due to lack service meaning Joey Ryan retains the right to fail against them, file against them again. However, Joey Ryan dropped some of the lawsuits and stated the, the only lawsuit he intends to pursue is the one against Impact. Huh, yeah. Oh, so to sum up everything I just said, Joey Ryan was accused by almost uh, by a dozen and a half women of sexual assault and harassment. This and was backed up by various wrestlers within who knew knew him personally. In fact, I don't think anyone has come out in defense of Joey Ryan. And he he proceeded to not to deny all allegations and then attempt to slap the slap lawsuit the fuck out of his accusers. Oh my God. As well as impact because he claimed that they unfairly fired him for moral clauses. Um, Holy shit. Well. And it's worse when you know the gimmick. But yeah. on its own, this is Joey Ryan. And so every fucking thing, he is on this show. He is a prominent person on Lucha Underground for the entire rest of the show's era. Oh my God. We are God, just going to no. have to sit here and watch Joey uh, Ryan. No, could be worse. It could be Benoit. It, it <laughs> could be worse indeed. Um, yeah, so I feel like I have to like get that out of the way up front. Is Good I am know. uncomfortable with watching any of this. I will do it anyway. We're doing it anyway yep. here. But it sucks. I have freely admit to have been a fan of Joey Ryan. Yeah, well, I don't blame you. He's got a um, fun, like, he's got a fun persona, but like Jesus H. Christ. Yep. So anyway, Joey Ryan is here and he is, they need, and the captain is like, you can, y'all need to secretly work together, but no one can know that you're working together to look into this. Hell, you can publicly hate each other for all I care. Uh, the only, their only mission is they need to bring down Dario Cueto. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I feel like I should add. Uh, you you guys can act like you hate each other for all for all I care. And Cortez Castro is just like, yeah, it fucking works for. I, I don't doing have that anyway. to try. I don't have to pretend. Already I fuck, there. I hate this guy. Yeah. So they do do. So I guess we're do doing. Can they coexist? But with buddy cops, dear yeah. dear lord. So they did a cool shot while she's talking about this of Joey Ryan. He wears sunglasses all the time. Yeah. And yeah. they reflect the in like the cop photo, the evidence photo they have of, of Dario Cueto. Yeah. 
out of his sunglasses through his sunglasses. I was like, that's neat. So yeah, I guess we have undercover cops now. But yeah, back to the fun story arc here. What the fuck? We got undercover cop what? shit happening now. What the fuck? The feds so are is... on to Dario Cueto, and we are going to catch this guy. Yeah, there are undercover cops. There's time traveling. There's the end of the world. Everything you could ever want is crammed all together into Lucha Underground, baby. Oh, my God. This is how we end episode three with this yes. undercover cop angle. Oh, my God. So we get to episode four, where we open with Katrina in her office and Ivelisse storming in. Uh, I will make note, the entire time this scene happens, K Katrina is sitting at her desk playing with a knife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, lo she loves. She's, she's, she's got her tongue all over that thing, dude. She, she licks the that. knife so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, basically, Ivelisse is like, I want my title back. And Katrina's like, no heart emoji. <laughs> All right, I wrote uh, the quotes here. Fascinating dialogue happening. Here. Oh yeah, when, oh yeah. When Dot, when she's when Evely storms in, uh, 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 da, 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 Katrina says, "Well, if it isn't the baddest, the baddest bitch in the bitch building," in to which Evely yeah. goes, "Damn straight." Yeah, and she's True. like, "I want my title." She's like, "You fuck me, and I want my title." And she's like, "Little girl, you're lucky to even be walking. You should be thanking Mil Muertes for the mercy he showed you." Classic, classic. And Ivelisse is like, "Uh, you want to see some mercy? How about you let uh my team show that mercy to the, she, to she, the disciples of death?" She calls them my boys, which is so wholesome. Yeah, but Katrina's like, no, we don't have automatic rematches in my fucking Yeah, game. oh my god. This, this isn't the WWE, fuck you! Yeah, she turns to the camera and she's like, by the way, fuck Vince McMahon. We're gonna have to start a, a swear jar for every time they wink at the camera about, like, not being WWE. Because it's the second fucking time. Because after Dario in season one is like, yeah, uh, you can't cash in this money in the bank belt, like, at any time. You have to tell me ahead of time. I, I like to actually promote my championship match. Yeah. So Katrina is like, you have to prove your team has to prove their worth against another team that like really wants an opportunity. So how about that? And Ivelisse promises that one day she'll get her hands on Katrina. And on that day, oh, man. there won't be any mercy. Oh man. It's so, there's so much sexual tension. It's so kinky. I'm so so hype already for for Ivelisse ex Katrina. I need that to happen. Oh yeah, baby. I honestly don't remember if they have a match or not. What? But they she keeps they definitely got it. She's like she's like I'm gonna have a match with you, and Katrina's always like, "Okay." I feel like that's like building up to inevitably there's a match. They it's should, and be. maybe, and maybe they do, but I just don't remember it off the top of my head that it definitely okay. happens. Yeah, uh, she leaves. She leaves the office, and Katrina like licks the knife a little more, and like she's looking. I I don't know. She does like some something with like lowering her head. I don't know. She's got this whole spooky. I will say, man. Last season, we made so many jokes about like the cinematographer thinking he was cool for like I'll try spinning. That's a cool trick, but unironically the cinematography has really stepped the fuck up this season like they're doing some really interesting cinematic shots instead of just like mids and the occasional like dolly shot uh 
you know what camera guy you took notes i'm proud of you good yeah thank you for listening to our podcast in the future uh clearly uh so we get we cut we get into the ring you know vampiro this is not church but it is the temple and it's at this point oh god it me this is me like trying to find some new dumb fuck joke to start every episode of noobs and knockouts Oh no, I'm aping a vampiro bit. Oh god. Oh, oh, oh god, what is happening to me? You um, now realize that you are the vampiro of this podcast. No! Are you kidding me? No! Fuck! I can't! Oh no! Oh, oh I'm dying. I, I can't. Well, alright, guess I gotta go solo now. No! shit <laughs> well that yeah that hurt me on its spiritual level mm-hmm. <laughs> so our first match of the evening the menage a trois of brutality versus the crew oh also sorry one more thing i gotta point out from vamp in like the intro to this episode i noticed this uh during a commentary spot last episode too vamp has like all of a sudden gone from not wanting a damn thing to do with penta to like sucking him off bigly on commentary like <coughs> just yeah, singing w- his praises extolling his virtues yeah like, i wonder it, if they, i wonder if there was if there was if there was like a re i like i wonder if they changed course on that thought like i don't know first, like i don't i don't know i obviously would not know the backstage creative processes of lucian around but i'm wondering if they were like if they like rethought the way they were going to play that off i don't know I guess we'll see, because I definitely felt like the original angle was building to something. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, Matt Stryker, while these guys are are like coming out, is he says this trio referring to Evilise Havoc and on Helico? Yes. Uh, says this trio that used to be dysfunctional, and I was like, Matt Stryker is justifying He's our so made-up name change. He He's is so, justifying. Yeah, exactly. It. It's got to change with every season. Thank you, un- unironically. Thank you, Stryker. You're helping us out here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when when the crew comes out, which is Cisco, Cortez, well, okay. and sorry, Chavo. sorry, sorry. One more before the before the crew comes out. I this is. This is something I wrote this and I'm like, oh, Austin's going to be so proud of me because Stryker talks a little bit about the menage a trois of brutality. Um, and he, he, he's like, uh, yeah, you got Ivelisse with like her, her like really standard, her really kind of like deeply steeped in martial arts fighting style. You have on Helico who has like the most unique move set in all of Lucha Libre, which x but okay well you know at that time he was pretty fucking like he was pretty up there um and uh and you have um you have son of havoc who's just he's just the heart of this team and at first i i had to have a good laugh about like he's like praising the fighting ability the first two he's like in son of havoc you try but i realized wait shit he's doing the like tv tropes crew like assembly uh here evil the leader on helico the lancer and havoc the heart they got their yep. own fucking TV tropes ass like crew roles and everything. Um, so I, was, I referenced TV tropes. Gonna go like, edit oh, TV no. trope. Gonna go edit TV tropes right now to include that. Yes, 
to include to include uh, the menage a trois brutality absolutely but then yes ooh chavo no 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 i wish i yeah, wish he too. came out to his wwe theme me <laughs> too uh so matt striker while they're coming out claims that mr cisco is the most dangerous yeah! member of the crew okay because he has because he has a street <laughs> mentality to survive okay so Fucking Cortez Castro is revealed to be this undercover Fed, right? So he's yep. clearly he's he's clearly gonna be like a much more prominent character going forward, and he's gonna have an identity outside of oh yeah, he's part of the crew. Uh, he's one of the three like indistinguishable members of the crew. But commentary then proceeds to put over Cisco, not Cortez. I feel like it would have been like, it, like it, it, it's so obvious that like you would put over Cortez on commentary here that I thought he was referring to Cortez at first. Then I had to rewind and be like, wait, no, he said the guy on the right, not the guy on the left. Why is he fucking putting over Cisco? Cisco's not the important one. What the fuck? Poor okay. Cisco. He he is he is not an undercover cop. He is an actual he is an actual yeah. Well, that's super fucking dangerous. So I guess he gets to be put over by commentary here. Um mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, and they're talking about Chavo too. Um, and like you know, just what what utter bastard men honest honestly, are. Chavo has no Chavo is so limited in how he in his what he actually does in this match. He Dude, Chavo, yeah, I did notice that. Mother motherfucker like sits out. He he, like, he sits is barely there, and he's ostensibly like the leader of this group now. Yeah, so like he's fucking useless. And which is great because they're talking about Chavo, and Vampiro makes the makes the point of like, man, you know, Chavo's always like traveling with this with this group. What is it with Chavo? He's always got to have some kind of like entourage with him. Yeah, like I, I, he's basically like super unimpressed with the fact that like Chavo never works alone. He's like, yeah, I know like Guerrero lie cheats you all that, yada yada. No, fuck you. He's basically like Chavo, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and be a filthy lying, cheating, stealing Guerrero yourself. Yeah, asshole. How dare you? <laughs> pull, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and be a proper Rudo, you dipshit. Yeah. Fuck you. All right, uh, I made a note. Like, it's it's nice to getting to see Ivelisse wrestle in regular tag matches again. Yep, yeah. Like, that I mean, it was that's the same thing I said like last time of just like they're they're really letting her star shine after she effectively had to be sidelined as soon as they won the titles last season. Yeah, which is uh, great. I made a joke. Ivelisse showing off how good her leg is by kneeing Cortez Castro in the face. Yeah, hell yeah, brother. She's got to show off now. She's got to. She's got a functioning knee. We ha- we have to l- play that shit. Yeah. So they're they're talking on commentary about how Chavo is this opportunistic little fuck, and yeah. somewhere in there, Vampiro is ranting and he's just like, "Follow the yellow brick road." I'm like, "The fuck do you mean by that?" Yeah, I have what no. What do you mean? Why? No clue. Where are you going with that, man? Oh man, Vamp. Good old Vamp, man. Uh, so. Ivelisse, they they kind of follow a, a pretty basic structure here. Like Ivelisse gets some good shit in, but then she gets beat up on, and she gets the hot yep. tag. The son of havoc, son of havoc, does but gets some stuff in. But then the crew start double teaming him, and then he does like a jump off the top rope and a tumble, and he tag hot tags in on Helico, and 
on Heligo, it just starts kicking everybody. Pretty much. Yeah, he's he's like he's like, and a kick for you, and a kick for you. I got I got legs for days. Fucking come at yeah. me. Honestly, I was because we have seen this so much in the last couple of episodes is I noted about how like they set up for the classic malfunction at the junction where like Cortez Castro had had um uh on Helico locked in his arms to set up for for Cisco to hit him and instead of just ducking out of the way so Cisco hits Cortez uh on Helico just gets his knee up and knees Cisco in the face <laughs> that that's funny i didn't i didn't notice i was like that, hey but yeah, yeah. But then the menage a trois gets does a three a triple suicide dive and heligo hits cisco with a i, I wrote a coup de gras a, a coup de a coup de gras drop because i don't have a better name for it that's the name finn balor uses for that move but All it's right. basically where you jump off the top rope and you stomp somebody directly in the ribs yeah uh, and use and you use the power of shifting body weight to not actually not murder crush that. somebody's ribs. Yes, um, that that is horrifying a little bit. You pointed there that out is to me a very was, small wow. margin of error on that move. Le yeah, you don't want that to be it's, a move, especially that you because like when Finn Balor does it, he rolls his body backwards, so it's almost like he's drop kicking you in the gut in the ribs instead. Oh yeah, on Helico, definitely lands straight on the ribs and rolls forward. Dude, he's going straight down vertical. It's insane. Yeah. yeah, his his way of his way of mitigating damage is to actually land, but then roll forward so your body weight quickly moves. Yeah, off. He, he's a rolling boy. That's that's what he's got to do. He knows how to roll. He's gonna goddamn use. Yeah. So on Heligo, they beat Cisco. The Menage. This match was basically just like a hey, the Menage a Trois are still good. As oh a yeah, team. feel good match. Uh, the all the way through. M a m a t o b. Uh, Menage a trois of brutality. Uh, gets an easy, a pretty easy dub over Chavo and crew, especially because Chavo just kind of like gets dicked on early that he just kind of like stops existing. Yep, but Chavo is pissed about this, and he gets yeah, he, and he's he, like he calls a team meeting as if this is anybody's fault but his. Yeah, and I honestly thought they were about to break up this group immediately. I know, uh, but no, don't worry. Tejano is here to ensure they stay together. And uh, there was much rejoicing. Yeah. Tahano runs in and beats up the crew. They note how Chavo immediately bailed out of the ring and seemingly yeah. left the crew to die, but then Tahano just stared down Chavo and didn't beat up the crew. Yeah, Tahano knows who he's here for, and it's that bastard Chavo, because that extremely fucking manufactured. Well, yeah, I guess I guess now he's he he watched back the season one finale and is like, oh wait. He was playing both sides. That bastard. So uh, at least now, it's hold an advancement, on. finally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stryker says, I have to think Chavo's days ha I, I have to be numbered. And, man, I hope. that." Actually, no. That That's more for Tejano. I don't give a shit. Yeah, Chavo's, I, Chavo Chavo's can fine. stay. Chavo's fine, actually. Yeah. That's, uh, I, made that's a actually I made a note, bro. Don't chew on the rope. Did did he do Tejano that? Put, Tejano put the bull rope in his mouth. And that's unsanitary. Do you know where that's it. been? That's been behind a bar counter, dude. That's that's disgusting. <laughs> get, that, get that out of your mouth. Yeah, and then 
we cut to a vignette for Johnny Mundo in his yes. hotel room doing a solo training montage. I'm Johnny Mundo, and I've got some facts to share. For instance, did you know I do parkour? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I am the, for a fact, I'm the greatest star in Lucha Underground. Yes, this motherfucker whines like a little baby man that he didn't get to main event uh, Ultima Lucha he was the opening match. Oh, boo fucking who. You I would like to I would like to point best. out he had opportunities to main event Ultima Lucha. He fought Pent he fought Prince Puma like five episodes before the finale. <laughs> yeah, he failed miserably. And also he was still put in like arguably the second best position to be in on a card. You were the you were the opening match, you little baby man. And he felt Please disrespected. So oh my God. He's, he believes he should be Lucha Underground champion, but he takes what he wants. Johnny so Mundo anime. takes what Johnny Mundo wants, and Johnny Mundo wants to be the Lucha Underground champion. Johnny Mundo also wants a football or a foot-long meatball sub with extra parm. Toasted, sir. Of course, toasted. Yeah. All right. Uh, again, meanwhile, all, while all this is happening, he is like punch. He is like chopping a dummy and he's doing punching, you know, boxing, punching training with a guy. And he's just randomly flipping in the, as a training he does, thing. He does parkour, Austin. He's we need to it. know this about him. But then, okay, but then he's like, but then there's this big dumb idiot who thinks he's a machine. He's a machine. Uh, yeah, another another like person taking. We need another truther like, gimmick here. Flavor text, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and it cuts back to him being like uh, Cage, being like, "I'm gonna beat you because I'm the machine." And Johnny going, "Yeah, yeah, the machine." We I all. know, I know, Man, I know. He just really fucking hates that catchphrase. Yeah, it so, makes him real mad for some reason. Yeah, but then he's like, another fact: I'm not just a man; I'm the man. And he's like, if you think that you can beat me and stop me, just like all other machines, I will make, I you, will make obsolete. you obsolete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he cut. He ends it with fact: This is my world. And then he flips his shades on. And everyone else is just living in it. <laughs> it's my world and world. It, some might say that it is his mundo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Johnny Mundo was corny vignette. I loved it. it was uh, and and one and corny vignette. Don't you dare forget that he does parkour. He does parkour, and also no. he does parkour. So backstage, Cortez Castro is sitting there, pissy. And in comes Joey Ryan to talk some shit. This and he, fucking buddy cop angle, dude. First, he's like, hey, nice job out there, Reyes. And he's like, Dick hey, man, shit. don't call me that here. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Core Joey Ryan. Just, Joey Ryan. Joey just Ryan like immediately failing the blowing. assignment of undercover cop. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Undercover I don't even means think he has a that... fake name here, actually. I think he is using his <laughs> canon name. Joey, I'm pretty sure Joey Ryan is both his real name and his fake name. So oh my, they literally it's fucking like Black Clansman. Wait, you used your real name, you idiot. You don't do that. I, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he doesn't have like a real name as a cop. I think he is just Joey Ryan both times. That's really funny he does not give a shit all right so he is joey ryan sits down and completely unprompted 
<laughs> says, you know, I've always been a better cop than you. And you want to know yeah. why? <laughs> because no, I, I don't get really the give job done. Do you? You just casually risk blowing cover to make fun of your partner. You're a, a dumb You're man. You're an idiot. You're so, a very but, silly so, man. And he's like, and our job is to convince everyone here we are legitimate luchadors. I, I do want to say, like, what is the what is the threshold for legitimate luchador? Because like Cortez Cortez Castro has been wrestling in the temple for an entire year. Like, yeah. it, is he not a legitimate luchador at this point? Joey he's, Ryan is the more suspicious person here. Yeah, he's this motherfucker that just showed up. How we don't know. There's don't no question. there's no reason to believe that Cortez Castro is an undercover cop. Could be an undercover cop because he has been here. He has been taking payments from Dario as a mercenary for a year. Now, everyone is going to assume he's on the up that, and up. Like, yeah, I do. I do love how like Cortez Castro probably pretty easily got in with Dario, who should be very paranoid about undercover cops, but just doesn't seem to care. I what creden I wonder what credentials Cortez Castro gave Present. Dario presented to make Dario be like you're definitely not a cop. He sent in a self tape of him just beating up some NPC luchadors. Obviously, Cortez Cortez Castro opened his shirt and was like, "See, I'm not wearing a wire. You can yeah. tell I'm legit." <laughs> <laughs> this is my audition to be a mercenary for Dario Quay. Yeah. So uh, any so anyway, Joey Ryan is like uh well for cortez when is like maybe i'd be more convincing as a legitimate lucha if i just kicked your ass right now ha, and base. joe ryan is like hey whoa man but if you want some some tips about wrestling uh you can watch me tonight my match is up next and i'll and i'll be making short work of my opponent yeah i wonder like What's the kayfabe on this? Like, is Joey Ryan the? He the just cop apparently showed up. Luchador, is he also a trained luchador though? As a cop, like, I don't think we're supposed to think he is a train. He has any trained wrestling background. Then, how did he work at all well in the next match? What? Well, actually, you know what? It's it's also like Matt Stryker knows who Joey Ryan is because he plays into like. Check out this indie legend that is now here. So, so it's I like, guess what? the kayfabe is just indie legend Joey Ryan is also an undercover cop. He has always been an undercover cop. Is apparently yeah, he just moonlights as a wrestler and uses his real cop name to wrestle mm. under. What, what the fuck? That's not smart. All right. Yeah. But, yeah, well, okay. he doesn't strike me as particularly intelligent. So anyway, that's, to know. get to the punchline of what he says of his little speech, he's like, I'll make short work of my opponent. He puts his sunglasses on. Just call it good old-fashioned police work, which that feel that feels uh, very that what a what a biting remark that like you know, an undercover cop say, like, I'm gonna beat the shit out of this I'm guy. I'm gonna call do police, police brutality. Work. I'm going to beat the shit out of a guy. I'm going to be corrupt and unethical. Joey. Fair, I feel like, Lushan. I feel like you're supposed to think Joey Ryan is a shitball cop. Like Probably. just by his general attitude. and demeanor. He walks into rooms with suckers in his mouth. Only the, only the biggest of douchebags do that. So we get to the match. Then it is Joey Ryan comes out first. And I, 
oh boy, this match was not like Joey Ryan getting too Joey Ryan about everything. Don't worry, we'll get there. Oh um, boy. But for now, I, I, I'm going to paint a picture of this gimmick. Yes, it please is. do. Because right. it, it, is, it is a picture, to be sure. I, I think that, honestly, just describing his entrance probably covers a lot of oh, yeah. the ground here. So he comes out. He's, he's wearing this, like, athletic jacket and no pants and the lollipop and a lollipop in his mouth. He opens up when he gets onto the ring he opens up his shirt and he takes out a bottle of like baby oil and he spreads it all over his chest his hairy ass chest and then he pulls the front of his trunks up and pours baby oil on his dick yeah what yeah he's just looping himself up before so I guess he's just like gonna go immediately have like post match coitus somewhere. Yeah, so gotta let's, be ready. Let's let's cover this gimmick on the indies because uh, I feel oh, like oh, no. the story of Joey Ryan is accused of sexual assault is not really complete without talking about what the indie gimmick is. Oh no. So the gimmick of, of, of Joey Ryan is he looks like a 70s porn star. Or what you yes. think that would look like. Yeah. And his gimmick is he harasses women. He yep. wrestle, he has intergender wrestling matches where he frequently makes the other the women wrestler touch his dick. And he comes, he he uh he 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 like he like pushes himself onto them and he has a move called oh. the boobplex where he he does it's a german suplex except instead of gripping them around the waist like you would for a german suplex he grips them by their boobs and suplexes it oh my god and no one no one saw alarm bells or red flags surrounding this I, like, oh, good old joey he came yeah. up with this really funny crazy gimmick out of whole cloth yep Love that who, Joey who definitely doesn't who, who definitely isn't inclined to any of that IRL. Who could have ever given Joey Ryan benefit of the doubt? Everyone must have seen how this gimmick is super sketch and does not reflect well on Joey Ryan as a person. Absolutely well, nobody <laughs> could ever have tried to justify this gimmick as perfectly fine because it's a heel character and surely everyone involved consented clearly to this character to this kid to this well see shit. that's the thing that's so lame about it is because one of my things about like really hardcore heels is like assuming that they're you know ethical workers like imagining them backstage like getting very clear consent for all the shit they're gonna do like out in the ring like hey i'm gonna like say this awful shit and like you know maybe like sexually harass you a little and like you know they play it as as like oh i'm such a bastard but like it's fun to imagine backstage them them like being like very meticulous like the the kings and queens of consent but but no joey ryan takes away from that experience i don't get to imagine that I because i somehow i don't know for sure if it has ever been said that like any women felt 
pressure to play along with his gimmick and they didn't want to be surprised i don't think any i don't think any public accusations have been made to that effect but when you have been accused by 17 women of sexual assault and harassment and your gimmick is i will sexually harass women yeah it is hard to it is hard to really (laughs) it is hard to ration to suspend my disbelief that this gim that there is no IRL truth to the gimmick. Yeah, when your when your whole gimmick is want breast and you literally like have a move where you get to touch your female opponent's tits, like that's gonna hmm. I'm I'm getting a little little sus little sussy little sussy but I saw just saw Joey Ryan vent a little bit. Yep, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to call a meeting on that one. Yeah, oh, so no. I will say is that the other half of this gimmick. And this is good for when he plays babyface because Joey Ryan runs into the problem a lot of heels run into of when they're really good and they are long tenured. The crowd just starts cheering you, yeah. even if you're still being a jackass. Yeah. And so that also doesn't add, that's also not great to consider. But <laughs> not, I, I will uh-uh. emphasize that like the is gr- is forcing women to touch his cock is always it, that he never did that as a baby face all right that was okay. a heel character that okay. the fans just started cheering for anyway because oh. he is a good heel character that yeah. we know and like um oh, but no. <laughs> the other part of this gimmick that is famous is in 2015 or nears about that point he went viral on social media for a a when he a match that he had in japan in ddt which is already the land of insane weird comic comical occasionally sexual comedy oh yeah he has a match where a guy grabs his cock joey ryan's cock (laughs) and joey ryan just powers through it and flips him with his dick. And so now part of his gimmick is that his penis is basically invincible. He can just suplex people with his dick. That's why that's why you do your your daily dick squeezing exercises, kids, so you can suplex people with your massively strong cock. Oh boy. So yeah, that clip of him suplexing a guy with his dick went viral. <laughs> Fucking always DDT, great to hear. Dude. Always great to see non-WWE wrestling clips go viral and you see people be like, is this what WWE is now? Is this what wrestling is? Is this what wrestling is like? And you have to be like, wait, no, we promise it's not just dumb bullshit like this. It is not always like this. It is, in fact, rarely like this. It's rarely like this. But you know what? Hot takers should be more like this. Give me more wrestling a blow-up doll matches. Yeah. So Give me more cock suplexes. Oh, my God. The cock suplexes were not in this match because he is facing Uh, Brian Cage. uh, so a lot of Joey Ryan's dumb bullshit is left at the door in in this match. But don't worry, yes. the cock suplexes are coming. Oh, uh, oh, they are. They're actually gonna go there. 
Well, they are def invincible. Dick does show up. I actually oh, don't remember no. if he does a dick suplex. Oh my god! Well, but I... this became part. But after that went viral, it became part of the regular act That's of Joey Ryan. Be real is, interesting is the invincible yeah. penis. He's like, oh, this got me over with the whole internet. Well, guess it's part of my gimmick now. Guess that's what oh. we're doing now. Guess that, yeah, guess, guess that's, this is my life. Um, Stryker says this guy looks like he can be my evil twin brother, and I'm not even that creepy. Stryker, what are you What are you saying? I don't I can, understand. I can almost see the, comp the physical comparison, but not enough for me to make that joke. It's vague at best. But then, but then, then Vampiro then, is like, yeah, you know, my uncle, I got some tapes from my uncle from the 70s. And so he's like, oh, I'm going to stop No, no, right no. No, no. Stop. Don't, don't get us. Don't, don't make us lose our job, Vamp, by starting to talk about porn on commentary. Yeah. Oh, so, no. Joey Ryan chants are huge here because again, the dude was an indie legend in Southern yes. California. So obviously this entire audience knows who Joey Ryan is. And they're super stoked and they're super stoked to see him here. You know. Yeah. So he starts the match with the lollipop still in his mouth. Uh, yeah. We'll have plenty of lollipop shenanigans to come, but for this match, what he happens is, is Brian Cage like like uh collar and elbow tie tie up him into the corner, and then Joey Ryan flicks the lollipop at Cage, so Cage gets like, huh, what? And yeah. Joey Ryan goes on the offense from there. Also, it's worth noting that when Cage makes his entrance, like Vamp for some reason is putting over that like Cage is super straight edge. No, Striker no does that. That's sorry, I meant striker. Yeah, strike. He's super straight edge. He's got no tattoos. He doesn't go to parties. He doesn't drink. As we watch this extremely roided out man walked into like this this mass of very unnaturally developed muscle, just waddles his his muscly. He he waddles muscly to the ring and striker's like this guy has no vices whatsoever cmk he is all about wrestling he is all about wrestling please ignore the fact that he's the least natty man on this entire program right so the match <laughs> is on the match they are trying their best to make joey ryan look like a threat while also playing into the joke that he is going to lose his first match, just like Cortez Castro did. Yeah, and absolutely. also he's fighting Cage, so he's not going to win. Yeah. But they try to make him seem like a real threat here. They they do, mostly by having him like mouth off at Cage. Which Yeah, like, he works the arm a lot. Of K he works Cage's arm a lot. Working the arm. And then whenever he like hits anything on Cage, he's like, come on, Cage! Get up, you motherfucker! Like, he's he's going rabid to try to seem extra scary or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And this makes Vamp say that he's never seen anyone stand up to Cage this much. And I'm like, you... you where have, were you the entire you, you season? Like, yeah, like, okay, I guess Puma, the, the silent man, did not mouth off to Cage nearly as much as as joey ryan is and like will neither did willie mac because willie mac isn't that kind of guy but like that aside from that like he he's been stood up to pretty solidly before i don't know what you're on about vamp but cool uh and also vamp is making a uh 
a comment where he's taking come some kind of exception to uh Joey Ryan's physical or phys- general physical presentation. And he's like, you know, we got this guy with an oily, hairy chest. And Striker replies with, Hairly? Is that a word? Is is that a word? It is now. Matt Striker, arbiter of all vocabulary. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. <clears throat> The, he, the man who is the best with words just comes up with new ones because mm-hmm. he can. Yeah, so the whole whole match is is Joey Ryan is hitting moves. It feels like he's making progress here, cutting down the big redwood tree, as JR might say. Uh, <laughs> but then Cage hits like one move and, Jay, and, and Joey yeah. is dead. <laughs> Cage is like all that for a drop of blood flicks Joey Ryan and Joey Ryan just fucking dies. Uh, yep. No, no, it's sick. Cage does his kind of like uh, top rope moonsault sort of thing, and it's mm-hmm. so cool to see a man that large move that acrobatically. Oh um, yeah, he does. He hits like it's very cool, very smooth. Also, um, one thing I do need to point: I was praising cinematography earlier, but I've noticed like this season we're starting to get these like random shots that I think are like camera angles from behind commentary during matches and oh, we like yeah. just see the back of striker's head or like vamp's head or something and like the ring is super far out and super out of focus why why are we cutting to this that's the the most useless shit is there like a utility security camera that is actually getting accidentally getting like included in the feed what is whatever uh um, uh cage wins the match cage of course wins Joey Ryan goes, he had, he had cage down by like kicking him in the face a lot, which is, I'll be honest. One of my favorite ways to see wrestlers try to beat giant character, giant wrestlers is what if I just kick them in the face until they die? Yeah. Um, That's sort of like constant striking, uh, trying to batter down the chip away at the mountain. But Joey Joey goes for like, yeah, Joey cage is on his knees and Joey goes for one more super kick but Cage of uh, picks him up for the power bomb and then he hits the Steiner screwdriver named such because oh. the Steiners specifically Scott uh originated this move uh where basically you pick a guy up for a suplex and then you shift positions and turn it into a pile driver midair that's super sick uh and and Cage is very good at executing convoluted moves like that again see weapon x but yeah no we'll it's, get to weapon pretty... x in a second as yeah but he wins with the sire screwdriver and after the match a i wrote a very conspicuous pink and black gear johnny mundo like you can see is the he, pink you can see the pink jacket to, a lot is he trying to do hearts all of i mean a he was i mean he was kind of sneak oh oh huh, dang, dang, dang. the lost the lost heart dungeon Remember yeah. Johnny Mundo, of course. Yeah, ob- obviously. I didn't realize he was part of the like I I am also a Bret Hart stan club. Mm-hmm. So Johnny Mundo, he starts beating down on Cage. We get he yells at him, "Welcome to Slam Town, bitch." Oh which my I god! I think the is the first. I think that's the first time he uses the phrase "Slam Town." It's gonna become part of the gimmick. And so Bro. a historic moment of the first time oh, he says slam no. town. It's so cringe. It's so it's so part of his gimmick that like when Johnny Mundo competed on Survivor a couple of years ago, he like talked about Slam Town. He was on Survivor? Correct. 
He did. A, he was on Survivor. I mean, he does parkour. That practically qualifies you for, he for does, Survivor. He, he he did about as well as you expect from someone who is very good at the physical challenges of Survivor, but is not necessarily good at the me, at the meta gaming of Survivor. His, his 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 brain don't work too good. He is good enough to not immediately get eliminated for being a useless sack of shit. But then yes. once it's time to be like, all right, time to get rid of all the physically strong people who can win immunity challenges. Well, get out. Yeah, th- this is this is why uh, this is why Johnny Mundo uh, don't he don't he don't he's not known for his his mic skills. Um, yeah, er, there's fucking... there's the arc there's the arc we have to do in the future. Of this podcast is watching Johnny Mundo on Survivor. Yeah, no, fucking real man, man. Who'd have thunk that that the guy who like has a whole thing where he just like will change his name for whatever promotion he works for to be like some goofy joke about that promotion? Um, will it, it, who who'd have thunk that he's actually not that clever? Johnny Johnny Survivor. Johnny not... Survivor. Please, please tell me he called himself Johnny no, he Survivor. Went by, he, no, he went by his real name. No! Why? He, ta- he went by his real name and just talked about how his profession is being a pro wrestler. I am Johnny Survivor, and I'm here to survive all of you. That would have been great. Um, I wish. Johnny, so Johnny try back to the Lucha Underground. Johnny tries to set up the an end of the world. Cage moves out of the way. Yeah. Uh K they do a little bit of like a back and forth reversal here, but it ends with Cage getting Johnny up in the weapon X, which is basically, you know, you know, like in like Emperor's New Groove, where they like do the back-to-back thing. Yeah. It looks like that, except then Cage drops Johnny. Okay, well, it's not back. just he drops him. He, like, does this whole fucking arm maneuver to get Johnny Turns kind it of into his into a, side. Yeah. And then, like, it's the most convoluted shit just so he can, like, make an X-Men reference. Yep. You fucking dweeb. Yeah, no, but I feel, it's, I feel it's worth pointing out that Cage wrestled this whole ass match. Johnny surprise attacks him. And Johnny still managed to get dicked on with Cage's finisher. What a fucking job. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna you're we're gonna learn here. It is so far, this is a very one-sided feud, and I yeah. don't think it's getting any better from here. Uh <laughs> scoreboard, scoreboard. Yep, yeah, so Cage gets the mic and he he talks over J- Johnny's prone body. And it's like, hey, Johnny, if you can't hear, they're calling me Cage, referring to the crowd chanting at the yes. That's because I'm not a man. I'm a machine. I'm a, and Johnny, and then, even from down there, is going, I fucking so, hate that catchphrase. Son of a bitch. And so Cage. Son of a gum. So Cage starts flexing over Johnny's dead body while Mill sits there and watches. <laughs> And Mills like, I am, I am, uh, I am both unamused and a little bit aroused. All right, time for the last info dump of dumpathon of the oh, night. Oh yeah, Ray is here to get train to Ray Dragon Mysterio and share lore, and he's all out of training. Yeah, so we cut to a dojo with Ray Mysterio and El Dragon Azteca Junior, and they like do a bunch of like they just kind of spar, and yeah. Ray Mysterio has dragon azteca in like a leg lock and he's like you have revenge in your heart do you even know what you're preparing for and now dragon azteca is like war 
and he's, and he's like, like, "Oh, that was the, that was the secret password. You get to unlock from the from the so leg Ray's like, <laughs> It's time for me to tell you about your father. So, back when while they start, they start. He starts by giving his explanation while they're hand to hand combat fighting, but then he like sits him down and talks to him in like a circle, meditation yes. circle or whatever. But basically, here, it, time for the Quato family history. Yes. So. Basically, 25 years ago, Dario Cueto's father came to Mexico and met El Dragon Azteca. And the two men formed a partnership with one goal, to bring together the descendants of the seven Aztec tribes and let them fight again. But this time with <laughs> honor. This time with luchadores. God, they're such weeaboos. But Dario's father became obsessed with the dark side of the legend. <laughs> and he sought <clears throat> to appease the old gods. And some people say he even sacrificed his young son and let a god inhabit his body. Yeah, and, so I guess, yeah. And, and, and El Dragon Azteca, as if it's not obvious. The correctly audience, deduces that that's Matan's... Yes. Yeah. So Matanza is inhabited by an ancient Aztec god, and that's why he is OP as he Eldritch is. Horror, Eldritch Horror, Eldritch Horror, Eldritch Horror. Yeah. So this, despite the fact that it feels like this kind of thing would be an unamicable split, that is not the way Rey Mysterio implies that it was. He implies yeah. it's pretty amicable, but he's like, they parted ways with a treaty that neither man would encroach, encroach on each other's ter uh, uh, play, uh, territory ever again. And they say that Quato, and they say that Quato's father sealed the pact with dark magic. Whatever yeah. does that and, mean? Who knows? And, and and at this point, I think Dragon Azteca makes some other comment because, like, Dragon he's like, like he's like he Dragon Azteca is like, oh yeah, that's the prophecy he was. That's talking the prophecy. About. Yeah, Dragon Azteca keeps like exposition repeating to like turn to the audience to be like, you got that? And the and Ray like Ray effectively like catches this and it's like, hey hey, sh shut the fuck up while I'm talking, please. Hey. <laughs> he literally he literally says like. He, he says in Spanish, like, like, listen while I'm talking. Like, listen, he's, yeah, he's, like, yeah, he's, he's basically like Dr Dragon Junior. Yeah, so Ray is like Dragon Azteca knew what would happen when he came to the temple, so don't go looking for revenge. And uh, and, and Dragon Azteca Junior gets a look on his face of like, oh, that's exactly what I'm going to do. How oh, do don't know? worry, I'm still going for revenge. But he, he answers, so what am I looking for? And they go back to sparring at that point. Yeah. And then Ray is like something that has been called impossible. And they a way to unite the seven tribes. Yeah, so so just confirming this is going to be like the focal point of this season. The the, the extremely the the very macro arc of this season. And this show, to be honest, is yeah. I was gonna say the, the war, like the 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 former war of the seven tribes, and the the goal of uniting those tribes to fight some greater evil that is on the yes. horizon. 
And man, I am really hyped for what the fuck that's gonna look like because that sounds like it'd be sick as hell. But yeah, now we know the Cueto family history. We know that Dario Cueto, like we understand what the treaty and the prophecy was all about last time. It was about yeah. like some dark magic, dark magical bullshit of like if you ever come onto my our each other's territory again, you will just die. Yeah. Um, so like, so 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 that's why Dario's like. That, honestly, that could explain why Dario was like getting all hyped up for for Black Lotus to kill Dragon Azteca, and then as soon as he did, he's like, "You just started a war." Like it's the dark magic, like kind of influencing all of that. Like, okay, yeah, that kind of that kind of mm-hmm. makes sense, actually. Yeah, good job, so, show. You made it. And make yeah, sense. Matan- Matanza is uh, a god in yes. the body of a human. Eldritch horror, eldritch horror, eldritch horror. The, a god in the body of a man named Jeff. What a dignified place for a god to reside. That's uh, the best. I mean, you know, when you're making sacrifices to the old Aztec gods, sometimes your infant son is the best place, is the best option. Man, I feel like it'd be so funny to like offer up people for gods to possess that have like just the most normal sounding names like you got a, you got a dude named bob who's possessed by like cthulhu and who's like i come in the form of bob i yeah. just beautiful um so but we, yeah. we also now have confirmation then that like both of Quato's parents suck um dario's father you know making deals with ancient aztec gods not great not uh, not awesome. Dario's mother, I I will go ahead and say they put the, they put this in the comic. Maybe the comic hadn't have come out yet. And I don't think it's too big of a spoiler to say it, but I will say that the Dario comic book confirms that like Dario's mother was uh, very physically abusive to both oh. Dario and Matanza. Oh no. So that's unfortunate. But Dario and Matanza are products of a very bad home life. I yeah, yeah. You got physical abuse on one hand, eldritch god sacrifice on the other. All around, not a very stable environment to raise children in. No. Uh. So yeah, that is the this show's like lore has very quickly gotten a little bit complex. Yeah, a little, little bit. Uh, I mean, to be fair, it was built up, and now at least it's less confusing. I still don't know what the fuck Prince Puma has to do with like any of this, but well, he you know, is, I'm sure we'll get the, there. You know, you know, being a descendant of the Jaguar tribe. Yeah, maybe he's like, the last. Maybe he's the last member of the tribe. But like, why is he the one that's like Puma knows about this? But I'm not gonna have him get. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see what Puma's like connection mm-hmm. to all this is. Maybe Puma's, all, Puma's having a know. very bad time processing the death of conan yeah my poor, i feel my like poor i feel like they have not good. done a good enough job communicating that verbally but well he doesn't communicate anything verbally so how but i mean fuck? from like but i mean from like striker and vampiro don't play it like that i feel like they play it a little bit they played into that a little bit like at the end of like last season and mm-hmm. you know at least we had the promo with katrina uh mm-hmm. in episode three so like it's getting played into a little bit but there i i would i would like to see a little like more of that from him mm-hmm. 
Maybe if that Kentucky boy could sound like he's from Los Angeles, I know we could keep then we could we could have him do some promos. He could like fake a West Coast accent. Like, come on, man. Yeah. So we get to the main event of episode four: Prince Puma versus Pentagon Junior. Yes. Um, Puma Puma comes out and like I gotta notice my man's like he upgraded his drip a little bit. Like not only does he does he have like the Puma head pelt. Um, but he's got like a whole ass cape now and like some kind of like upper arm braces that he wears. Uh, it's all very fancy. It looks quite dignified. Um, and as he's coming out in, in all this drip, Stryker says something about like the bloodline is truly rich. Puma be like, acknowledge me. Acknowledge me. The tribal Igno- jet, the tribal Puma. He, he, in ASL, he signs acknowledge me. <laughs> I mean, there is, we had, we had a tribal chief in this episode. We did. We did. Who knows? Maybe, maybe that's Puma's great, great grandpappy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, And then Pentagon is here. uh, Melissa, I notice is very unenthusiastic about introducing Penta. This woman still has not forgotten that time. He tried to break her arm. She's still salty about it. She's a little, she's still a little, little upset about that. She will, she will enthusiastically full-throatedly announce the most vile deeply evil morally bankrupt heels on the roster but then penta comes out and she's like and his opponent fucking pentagon jr whatever (laughs) this fucking guy um so penta 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 and puma they have a pretty good back and forth match you know it's a lot of yeah they do um, they really the are trying, match, they're trying to build this up as like, oh my God, the two of the biggest guys here are fighting each other for the first time. The first what time. an evenly matched match. Yeah. Which is like, you know, it's fine. And they kind of point out like Pentagon really reached in that main event status, which yeah, I guess fair. Um, they, they do say it was kind of wild to me. Commentary kind of like lampshades the fact that Penta's arm break is actually not like a traditional arm break, with just like popping the popping the arm out of its socket. But that, but that, but that's effectively like breaking it. They, they it's it's basically breaking. You're rope. basically breaking the arm. Yeah, same same difference. But it's wild to me they actually lampshade that fact. Um, mm-hmm. Also, there's this moment in the middle of the match, like um, Penta's on the outside and Puma, like he runs up. He does kind of like a, a flip. His ba- he 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 hits his back to the to the to the ring ropes upside down, and then he fucking like Spider Man flips to the center of the ring. Yep. Doesn't actually yeah. do anything for his offense, but looks nah, cool. It's, it's 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 the greatest sign that this is fucking Ricochet under that mask because that is a signature Ricochet move. See, I feel like the biggest side is the, is those extremely distinctive tattoos my the man tats has. The tats help as well. But he it's still like very the, much has his ricochet. It's like the tats and then the, the tats that, that are the, the, the Spider-Man. One of the tats, play. which is not remotely in Spanish, by the way. It just says, be fearless. It's it's just it's just English. Mm-hmm. But sure, he's he's a he's a Spanish boy from Boyle Heights. That's, that's how it is. Yeah, um, totally. Uh, Vampiro is on pentagon's jockstrap tonight as yeah he, he is just like pentagon focus the fuck up <laughs> i know he's like 
that uh, he can't help it. He's got to, he sees his mentor or he sees his trainee fucking up and he's like, no, that's not what he I taught even you. He says that I'm directly in. is when Pentagon yeah. is starts getting a little too taunty taunty. He's like, look at him reverting back to his old ways. You know, when he was I a know. loser. What are they doing? What is going on with the Vampiro Pentagon relationship? I need to know. I, I have. I I I can't say. I know the. I know. Where I know you know the answer, but it's. Like, I'm so confused because, like, for the first two episodes, he wanted fuck all to do with Penta. And now he's like, "Come on, come on, you dipshit! That's not what I taught you." Get 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 the fuck. He fully yeah. he fully is off the antipsychotics, and so it's it's so this is vampire. Yeah, now. that well, that's maybe that's why Ian he did is, open. Ian's he, he gone. Opened episode so three with like he he opened episode three with I'm out of my mind tonight. He literally he's off the antipsychotics. Oh boy. Yeah. So um, vampiro is back. Ian's gone. So now it's full full on. Let's go Pentagon. <laughs> yeah, I, I I guess we haven't seen anything backstage to talk about that, but like, sure. Um, also, um, vamp is, I think he says this in reference to like Puma. They do talk a little bit about like, you know, Puma being affected by the death of Conan. Um, and vamp says something about, I think that kid's got too many voices in his head, which vamp meet kettle. Um, I will say, I will say though, something that was really cool about watching this match was like, Maybe it's because his position isn't as precarious this time around because he's not, like, the world champ anymore. But, like, Puma really feels to me like he's evolved in between seasons. More confident, more fierce, more dominant. Like, all of his, like, matches as champ, like, they were they all felt precarious. And I think part of that is the fact that he just had the championship and you're rooting for him to, like, keep it. But, like, yeah, he was up, like, a lot of his matches did kind of feel like he had to claw his way up from the bottom. Here it feels like he's on top, even though he's not like holding the belt. It feels like he is in control this entire time. Yeah. It's not a feeling so, you got during a lot of his title fights. So what I'm hearing is that Conan is a shit is piece of shit as a trainer. Because look at <laughs> wow, how much who better because look at how much better Pentagon is without his tutelage. Puma, you mean? Yeah, no. Yeah, um fucking yeah well I, damn it's almost like all of the promos really hinted at the fact that Pat, that, that conan was actually kind of doing puma dirty Which, by the way considered. i we're gonna go back to this is we talked about how they how they seem to have dropped some angle about like how shitty conan is with puma yeah but i and they still did do that i'm not like going to retroactively you know forgive them over it but i did like that katrina did say like he is an evil he was a shitty person but yes. like she was like he needs to ask forgiveness from god for the kind of person he was when he was alive yeah he was a bastard he is a mm -hmm. he is a bastard irl conan's a bastard mm -hmm. oh uh god, so yeah. that so that was i i i did appreciate that element of it when we spent I a lot too. of Lat half of last season being like god why did they just drop why that shit with conan it was gonna be really interesting and then no he's he's actually a good guy now and then he just dies walkity walkity walk he would oh my god i just realized that conan had a redemption by death arc oh no talking about fucking tv tropes he spent most of the season being a piece of shit yeah. And he died valiantly fighting back against the disciples of death to the point where even Vampiro, 
the Conan's Vampiro, biggest critic on commentary who's was like, cheering who for Conan. Who the mouth going, I fucking hate Conan with every fiber of my being. He's like, woo, Conan, go! Oh my god, I just realized this and it oh, makes it worse. No. Uh, the tropes. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, really a trope I don't like, uh, generally speaking. Um, yeah, fair. But... Back to the match here. I, again, it is it is very much a like back and forth. These guys mm-hmm. are completely evenly matched kind of a fight. Yeah, they the, yeah as much as we were memeing about about like yeah they're they're really poisoning these guys is like uh you know equal even though one of them's a former world champ and the other's like been pretty solidly mid card. You know he, he was a he was a scary monster mid card, but he's still mid. Like no, but they they do get to play like really equal. And it, it makes for a good fight. Yeah, so the match, we kind of end the match here. Uh, Pentagon hits a super kick, and then he leads it into his package pile driver. And then you'd think that he would just pin him right there. And fa- honestly, good thing that Vampiro spent all of commentary being like, God damn it, Penta, just focus Stop up Stop showboating, because, idiot. Because otherwise, this would feel like making pentagon look like an idiot yeah like why would he bother to do this move that he never does but yeah and if the story of the match is that he is a cocky shithead being a cocky shithead then that's more justifiable yeah and a shocking twist vampiro's commentary is actually really helpful to the story being told here that's a new experience that's crazy uh so but but basically pentagon pentagon decides that he wants to go surfing he got going surfing so he's surfing in the temple uh yeah he gets he gets uh prince puma into the surfboard lock and prince puma rolls his body backwards and he, he basically puts himself in a position where both men are pinned to the mat right now yes the last second puma gets his shoulders up as puma gets his shoulders up by like pushing his pushing himself up by his head yeah i have never seen a spot like that before i had to rewind this because i i was so focused on puma like hitting that near fall that i didn't realize that like penta's shoulders were also down on the mat Cause like mm-hmm. Penta thinks he's got the win, and then they announce Puma as the winner, and Penta's like, "Wait, what the fuck?" And what I, what the hell do you mean by that? Yeah, now hold on, just a yeah, second. because yeah, because in rolling backwards, he also rolled Pentagon backwards and onto his shoulders in a roll-up pin. Yes. Oh my god, that was in. I have never seen a finish like that before. That was so mm-hmm. fucking cool. Yeah, no, very fun double pin finish. I thought it was a straight up draw that they both pinned each other at the same time. It, I had to go back to see, like, oh, pin, Puma at the last second got his shoulders up. I, I like, I thought like it was going to be a, um, they called it wrong and they're gonna restart the match, but then they started announcing Puma as the winner. I was like, Whoa, what? Yeah, that was super sick. So Puma like 5D chesses his way to victory here. That yeah, by propelling his shoulders up with his own head. Yep. Holy shit, that's so and metal. Pentag- and Pentagon is so fucking mad about this that he kicks Spinks Marty Asaya, uh, Marty Elias, who is the yeah. in the head, and then 
Afterwards, though, he tries to go for Puma. Puma hits an Insiguri. And then Puma has Pentagon down and he threatens to break Pentagon Jr.'s arm. Yes. It is such a crazy moment. Mil Muertes stands up out of his throne. I know. I was, I was like, that's insane. Like everyone is Holy stunned by fuck. what they're watching. But instead, that was so cool. Puma decides that he will not be breaking Pentagon's arm today. No. Instead, he jaw jacks at Puma in the position. Commentary is like, I wonder what he said. But to me, it felt pretty obvious. Like what he would be saying is like, I want you to know that I could have broken your arm. That the only reason that I am the reason your arm is not going to be broken right now. Holy shit. Like straight yeah, up just mental moment. head games of like, he's like, I'm too much of a good guy. I could have, I, I, I had you going it. for a second. I'm such a stinker. Yeah, no, that was actually really sick. I, mm -hmm. I was, I was freaking out at that moment. I was yeah, like, so holy shit. Puma decides that he will leave Pentagon alone this time. And he leaves and Vampiro looks so upset on commentary right now oh vamp looks so fucking he, he he's got big i'm not mad i'm just disappointed energy directed directly at uh pentagon mm -hmm. but that is where the show in the ring ends off credits roll post credit scene hits and we are in a creepy hall we're in a horror a b horror movie now as yes. we are in a creepy lit hallway and running down the hallway from something is sexy star she has returned I, to the temple i see i thought this was still like the fucking uh creepy ass winding basement of marty martinez and his no we're we are we are supposed to be like back in the temple the, okay the implication is that sexy star broke free and ran away and ran back to the temple yeah, well, she was clearly hotly pursued, but like, so Hot she's running, pursuit, running. But the idea is that she ran away. Yes, she's running, 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 and she bumps into Mac. Max. Yeah, Mac. Willie, the Mac is here, and he's like, "Hey, Max whoa, is what is going on?" He and he's like, "What happened to you? Who did this to you?" And and sexy goes, "Moth." And Willie's like, "The moth? Oh, I'm gonna kill him!" Like he, like he, and she's like, "No, no, not him." And she points at the camera behind her and behind Willie Mac. Yeah. Uh, he's like, her. And Willie turns around and sees something. It, we it's uh, we don't see what he sees. And he's like, Ugh! and that's Goofy the ass the final it's like, zoom. It's very like, uh, very we get this like very, Windows very, Movie Maker zoom in. Yeah, we're doing effect. very corny horror movie vibes to this entire. They like got like the creepy uh, cuts all over the place. You got like the point of the camera. The you don't see the monster. Robert Rodriguez never change. Yep, so we will be meeting the moth people again the very soon. Oh shit. Oh shit. They might they could damn, I was wondering. They could be like actual moth people. That's horrifying. Yep. Uh but for now, that is the end of seasons episode uh season two, episode three and four of Lucha Underground. Uh a fun stuff in the ring tonight. I'm not gonna say there wasn't, but mm -hmm. like my again, my takeaway was all sorts of lore, crazy lore, lore drops. Lore. What the fuck? Yeah. So we went from like all these implied little threads to undercover cops, uh, the seven tribes, 
Aerostar can time travel. Uh, child sacrifice. It's it's so fucking insane, dude. They went. They went. Off like, his meds. They went from twenty to a hundred. Seriously, tonight. and again, yeah, no, this is the like, this is the Robert Rodriguez stylism that I like to talk about. Like everything is just at an eleven, and it's ch- chock full of like goofy effects that don't remotely like feel realistic but like man they feel like someone's trying to tell you a story and you kind of can't help but be charmed by that yep so oh we're so glad to be back in lucha underground as always and so much shit now to continue on with oh my god so many threads what's coming next i don't know but that is for another time Next time on the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, it is time yes. for June to head to June 1998 on Monday <laughs> Night Raw. I did is, this to myself. Uh, I yeah, is the night after King of the Ring 1998. Ooh, King. And King Ring. We WWF has decided in the middle of our fake wrestling show. We are going to have a shoot fight tournament. If you think that's going to go poorly, congrats. You're right. <laughs> Let's... If you if you think that sounds confusing and unnecessary and like really damaging to like the entire point of wrestling as a storytelling medium, congratulations. You just described the entire career of Vincent Russo. Yep. So next time... We watched the first episode, the first episode of the Brawl for All tournament. Christ almighty. Oh boy, I can't wait. That's a lie. Yes, I can. Yep. Until then, David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir. All right, dear friends. Thank you so much for once again joining us on yet another episode of the News and Knockouts podcast. We are so delighted to have you here. If you're a returning listener, viewer, or what have you, you know the drill. Thank you again so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums your eyeballs whatever it is you use to consume our content we we just thank you for being here you know we love you thanks uh new people hey hi how's it going thank you so much for being here as well we here at the noobs and knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly both noobs and knockouts alike so whether you're brand new to the wild wacky world of wrestling or you're a veteran of all the weird bullshit we are so utterly happy to that, that you decided to join us and we hope you want to keep coming back to do so and i will tell you all the different ways you can you're obviously using one of them right now but you know i'll clean in on the others just to be nice you never know first of all of course you can find us on youtube we are the noobs and knockouts podcast on youtube hit subscribe ring that bell make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode uh give us that sweet sweet comment like engagement all that good stuff uh, check out all of our playlists. Austin was kind enough to organize all of the storylines that we follow all into their own separate little playlists. So you can follow something all the way down without having to skip around a whole lot. It's great. And of course, you can see our beautiful vase faces and our Im- impressions of Cobra Moon's dumb fuck goofy tongue flicking. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, <laughs> Austin doing the hands too. It's a whole thing. You don't don't you want to see? I know you do. Come on. Uh news and knockouts podcast on YouTube. But of course, if you are a fan of the audio only experience, we have you covered there. You can find us on three of the best places to find your audio podcast, which of course are Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Come give us a listen. Download us. 
give us some, you know, maybe a nice little five-star rating and a review that says, hey, these guys are pretty cool. I don't know. I'm just saying. Helps out this show tremendously. Helps spread word of mouth. Helps us out with the algorithm. All that good stuff. Just just enjoy our content. And, you know, maybe if you're so inclined, let other people know you're enjoying too. Uh, you know, it's, it's a good old time. Noobs and Knockouts podcast, audio only, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. But, of course, we exist just beyond the, the four walls of this realm uh we also have a bit of a social media presence uh you can find us of course on twitter we are at noobs and Knox pod on twitter that's at noobs the letter n Knox pod on twitter come check us out there we post memes we engage in discourse we put up a post every single time we drop a brand new episode so you guys always know what the hell's going on of course the highlight of our twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting i've been at the helm of that recently marks that we are every uh every wednesday night at 8 p.m on tbs we are watching aew dynamite and tweeting all about that good stuff uh, you're, you know, at least what I can, you know, these days trying to fucking do homework while I'm, while I'm doing it. It's a, it's a whole thing, but you know, we'll tweet out at least a little bit. Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's Austin. You never know. Uh, and of course, uh, sometimes on Fridays, if I have the time and I'm feeling spicy, uh, we will also live tweet at 10 PM Eastern on TNT. What else? AEW rampage. It is the show that y'all been waiting on. Uh, and sometimes uh, you're waiting on me to tweet about it too. And sometimes I do. Uh, but past that, uh, the, past my kind of like t- taking up duties on the Twitter, Austin, of course, is, is our most diligent follower of all the major companies, all their big pay-per-views, and sometimes he'll even tweet about them. So my friend, what is on the docket coming up? Yeah, I just hate watching weekly wrestling live as airs, so I can't do a lot of the live tweeting stuff. But yeah, I know. Uh, uh, but on the upcoming <laughs> here, we have AEW Revolution on Revolution. March 5th, oh, live it's so close. It's live so close. on live on pay per view. That's a week from tomorrow. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm so uh, excited, man. I have a whole ass bottle of mead that I've been waiting, that I've been saving specifically for Revolution. I'm going to get through that entire thing in, in one night. I, I want Revolution to be the pay-per-view that every year I get belligerently drunk for and just have the best night of my life. I, it'll be a great time. Delightful. So we have the 60-minute Iron Man match between MJF and Brian Danielson. Hell yeah, brother. We have a four-way tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. The Ass Boys, the Guns, the Champs versus the Acclaimed versus Ain't He Fucking Great, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Versus a the a tag team battle royal winner yet to be determined. Yes, yes. We will have it'll be John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page in a Texas boop, Death boop, boop. Match. Oh yeah. Oh Samoa yeah. Samoa Joe versus Wardlow, the big meaty boys t- for the Lowe, TNT title. Lowe. Oh boy. Oh boy. Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks for the last time, please. Please, please, God, please, for the, last please for the last time. They literally lampshaded it on, on Dynamite that everyone's fucking sick of this. Please, God. In a one-on-one match where Chris Jericho 
was bamboozled by Ricky Starks <laughs> into agreeing that the Jericho Appreciation Society is banned from ringside. He clicked the pen. He clicked the fucking pen. You just made the list. We, we honest, <laughs> honestly, that era of Jericho, Kevin Owens, Jericho Owens or whatever should be examined on this podcast. Definitely. Um, uh, Jamie Hayter versus Soraya and Ruby Soho in a three-way match for the women's championship. Yeah. And, not what I was expecting it to be, but I, I'm here yeah. for it. And then in a six-man tag for the trios championship, we got the elite, the, the elite versus the house of black oh the house always wins except maybe they won't who knows shut we'll up see. they're gonna win they're gonna be the trio it champions. would be sick i would i i would really like to see them as trios champs that would be sick as fuck now for impact wrestling uh Ooh, upcoming for them one. on march 24th is their next newest impact plus special that's their streaming service they only have four regular uh -huh. pay-per-views a year so they have a bunch of they kind of cover, they kind of fill in the rest of the calendar with Impact Plus exclusive oh. shows. And uh. in on March 24th will be Sacrifice! 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 That spells disaster for you as Sacrifice? Yep. yep. Now, they just finished No Surrender, so we don't have any matches for Sacrifice yet, but it's a coming. It's a, it's a, it's a coming. The numbers Man, don't lie. For WWE, it's mm. on April 1st and you April 2nd. Is. You already is know. WrestleMania oh my. 39. Oh, dear. oh, wow. WrestleMania is going Hollywood. The, 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 the chosen son versus the prodigal son, baby. In our main event. It is Roman Reigns, the oo-woo champion. The oo-woo champion, finally. Cody Rhodes. Finally bringing his reign to an end when he puts over Cody Rhodes. Thank I mean, fucking God. It's I, awful I, that it's I, not I, Sammy, but. Well, David, I, I do got to ask you, though. Is like, if Roman beats where to win, he could reach a thousand days as champ. So. Are you? I no. want you to consider. No. What? And and you know maybe maybe it would it would be nice if Cody had some sort of narrative shortcomings. I mean he's pretty much just shown up in WWE and just won everything since yeah. he came back. So I mean, what if? What if the tribal chief was champion for another fucking year? No. <laughs> and they take it off him at no. WrestleMania forty. Look. It's already lame enough that they're just handing this to Cody because he because he he like betrayed AEW for 30 pieces of silver in an Uwu championship, but like in and, and not giving it to Sami Zayn. But but also like at at least the, the Roman Reigns era will finally blessedly be fucking over. Don't you do this to me. Don't it has to be. It has to be Cody. Do you know who his dad is, Austin? I, I mean, I don't. He never talks Cody, about it, but do you he, know? He, do, he doesn't bring it up ever. You know, he he's doesn't very talk modest. about it. Um, but I feel like it's important. In other stories, we have Charlotte. <laughs> in other matches, 
We have for the SmackDown Women's Championship, we have Charlotte Flair uh, taking on Mommy Rhea Ripley. Mommy! Uh, I Dom had a whole fucking promo with Charlotte on SmackDown, and it was glorious. Oh, yeah, baby. I want, I want Dom. I wanted to get to the point that Dom's showing up to ringside to be in Rhea's corner in just a full gimp suit. I yeah. need it. Also, I they need also it so also bad. they're also they also they're hinting at they're gonna do Dom versus Ray at Mania. <gasps> oh shit! Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Po- very 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 possibly. Uh, <sighs> and then the other the only other match also already confirmed: Bianca Belair versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. No, it's funny okay. because all three of those matches feel like, yeah, the champion is definitely losing the belt. Like WrestleMania is feeling like a show where a lot of champions are about to, about to change hands. hands. That the, you know what? That's fucking exciting. That's exciting shit. I hope. Mm-hmm. I one can only hope. I quite hope. I oh my hope god! As well, but yeah, that is what is coming up. That is a sh- that is available on Peacock. That is not. That yes, is, you know there. That's where you get all their premium live events. The P, the plus. Damn, I might, I might have to check out at least some of WrestleMania this year now that I have access yeah. to Peacock. Oh, also WrestleMania weekend. You know what that means? A shitload oh. of indie shows. Yes, Effie, Effie's big gay brunch. We get more, we get more gay wrestling, which is it just makes my heart sing. The Impact Multiverses of Madness show. <laughs> Um, the you know they get would. F- Effie's big gay brunch, blood sport, um, Joey Janela's spring break. Yes, the classics are all here, and uh, I will be watching at least some of that. I I definitely want to check out Big Gay Brunch. I lo- I love me love me some Effie. Love it mm-hmm. so much. Yep. Uh, so that is what is upcoming uh, in the wrestling yes. world. Yes, uh, and please, folks, check out the old tweeter. It's a good... If you like listening to us ramble about wrestling for whatever fucking ungodly reason, whatever brain, whatever worm has crawled into your brain uh, to, to to make you enjoy us, it's, it's a similar experience over on Twitter. I think our voices carry over pretty well. So please, please won't you join us at Noobs and NoxPod on Twitter. Of course, if you want to get in super direct contact with us, you can do so at our email address because we also have an email address and it's super neat. Uh, it is Noobs and NoxPod or Noobs and NoxPod at gmail.com. That's Noobs, the word and NoxPod at gmail.com. Come say hi to us. Tell us what you think about the show. Request things you want to see us cover on the show. Tell us how based and red pillar hot takes are, how fucking dumb you think we are either way start discourse with us talk to us mean with us say hi we love people saying hi we would love to to say hi back noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com and of course finally finally a big a big boon for us over here at noobs and knockouts we are also on patreon we're also the noobs and knockouts podcast on patreon uh, you can find the link for that in our Twitter. $1 a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout-out at the end of each episode. 
Austin and I have been kind of starting to discuss the possibility of like adding other shit to more, uh, more, more tiers, more, more incentives, more rewards. It just, it helps out the show a little bit. And Hey, by the way, speaking of shout outs, shout out to, of course, friend of the show. Who else? The sugar daddy, Kyle Smith for his very generous contribution. Uh, we love you, buddy. Thank you so much for, for helping us out. Uh, if you want to join Kyle and enjoy some perks along with him, uh, of course you can do so. Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on Patreon. Once again, the link for that is in our Twitter. See y'all next time. Hasta luego.